Hi, my name is Sean Keyes, and on um, I won't say this week's podcast because they're keen, they're getting busier, so there is no weekly podcast. Podcasts are kind of coming out now whenever I get guests on, and I don't really want to schedule them because I don't see the point. If um, they're going to be there forever, so um, whoever wants to listen to them can listen to them at their own leisure, I suppose. But uh, this week, uh, this week, I'm going to say this week. This today's uh, guest will be. Um, she wants to remain anonymous. Uh, she's um, married to a person who has BPD and like that I have complete respect for anyone that wants to remain anonymous and wants to be a guest on the show because this is what it's all about is it's all about actually just getting people's stories that they can feel comfortable enough to tell the story so um, I'm going to wait for herself to come on and then the podcast will start but like that with the podcast I suppose I'll repeat myself again the podcast, I don't really have a day for the podcast, so I can't really say they'll be out on a Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday because the last couple of days I've had three or four podcasts straight away. And I kind of like with people, I know when I do a podcast for someone else, I'd like it to be out within a day or two. So I'm mindful of that when people are giving me their time to actually put the podcast out as quickly as I can for them. So, um, yeah, you could be getting two a week, three a week or one a week. and um, Either way, you know, you can, uh, if you're listening to them, there'll be plenty there to listen to. And if uh, if you don't listen to them, you won't be hearing this this uh, message. So uh, the next thing you'll hear is uh, the podcast starting. Thanks for listening. Uh, hello, how are you? I'm not going to give your name because you want to remain anonymous. So it's just hi. Um, <laughs> um, we literally were just talking about the podcast and I have a question for you. Because I don't know. Do you know the way I'm kind of, I'm, I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm putting out quite a lot of podcasts lately. Right? Yes. I'm doing them because the guests are coming on like you're on now and I have another guest on at nine o'clock tonight. Um, what the, is that annoying? Because I don't know. I don't know if the podcast, like, because if they're coming out that quickly instead of once a week. So I've never asked anyone this, so I suppose I'm putting you in a bit of a spot. <laughs> no, I think that the podcasts are really good because you can access them when you want to. Yeah, you, that's what I was yeah, thinking. Yeah, hmm. yeah. If you want to listen to them again, because there's sometimes there's a lot involved in them. There is. There there's is. a lot of content in them, so we kind of we listen to them. Um, I listen to them alongside my husband. Sometimes he'll listen to them and say, this one I think I'd really like you to listen to. Yeah. So then I listen to them alongside him or, you know, and to be honest, we listen to them a lot in the car oh, when we're driving. Right, okay. Um, that's good then, in fairness then, because I'm, I'm kind of correct in, in a sense of, I just like to put them out there. The way I look at it is you can always get them again. It's not like if you don't listen to them this week, you'll miss exactly. out. It's not like this yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I think that if you've got something there that you're passionate about, you know, you're really passionate and you want to get that across at that point, hmm. then go do it. Yeah. I, uh, I'm the same. I've, I've often come up here, now not so much lately where it's more, I'm into 60 odd episodes into the podcast, but I've often come out here in the beginning and I'd say to my wife, I'm just going to go out and do a podcast. And then five minutes later, I go back in and she goes, did you not do the podcast? I can't feel it. So I'm not going to talk about it. And she goes like, do you not know what you want to say? 
I do, I do. I know what I want to say, but I can't feel the emotion, so I'm not going to do it. And I just won't do it. It's different with people when I'm chatting to them because I bounce off them because yeah. I feel them and, and then I can pick up on their feelings. That's the whole thing about BPD. <laughs> I can pick up on feelings. Um, so I do enjoy chatting to people. And what I love about the podcast is behind the scenes for about 10 years, I was chatting to people on the phone. And now the podcast is literally the same thing, except for other people can hear it. So I love it. It's because uh, I was asked the other day, are you not getting tired? Because I think this is the fourth or fifth podcast in four or five days. And I'm buzzing, if I'm being honest, I'm just loving it, you know. Good. That's really good because you're passionate and that really comes across. And if you're saying that sometimes you go in your room and it doesn't quite feel right, I think that's the best decision for you is to think it's not quite right at the minute. I'm going to go and do something else and then come back to that. I think that's really, really being self-aware and it's, you know, it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. So that's enough about me. Do you want to talk about yourself? <laughs> Are you going to give me a chance, Sean? That's the thing. Well, you see, that's <laughs> um, so obviously you don't want to, you know, you don't want to give your names. What do you want to tell um I know you don't have BPD, right? So I know that. Um, so do you want to kind of give any, you're married to a man who has BPD. So I suppose yeah. we start with that. What's it like being married to a man with BPD? Um, interesting. It's very interesting, isn't it? You know, it's very interesting. Um, no day is the same. No, uh, no, no, no. Every day is different. Yeah. Uh, I can start with kind of, a day start in one way and then it'll end up very different um you know because how my husband can be obviously can affect how I feel about myself sometimes as well so it, it's quite a challenge sometimes um but it's never boring ever never boring no my wife says the same thing and she says it exactly like you do and I know there's a little hidden gem in there that's not so positive <laughs> It's, it's the truth. It's the truth. Uh, yeah, it's it's one of the reasons she'll never do a podcast. She says, I'll never do a podcast because you're a fucking nightmare. Not so much now, but years ago I was. Um, and we can be. There's no point in saying we can't. There's no point in saying that we can't not be nightmares at times because we're very theatrical once we kick off, aren't we? Yes, definitely. Um, yeah. But also... There's, you know, I, I don't want to do this and just talk about all the, what some people might presume is kind of like the downside. Yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't want to do that. So what I want to do is that there's a real positive side to having um, BPD is that it's very, very, my husband is very passionate and he's yeah. very committed to things that he feels that he wants to do. Mm. Um, but the downside to that is sometimes that it can get burnt out really quickly, you know, because that passionate side can be quite tiring for him, mm. you know, and yeah. it's the moods, I think, that he has, that he struggles with, trying to be um, level, in balance. It's very difficult. It can be, and it's something I learned years ago. I used to get passionate about something, and then I'd take off in the airplane, and I'd be traveling across the sky going, this is going to be great. And then I ran out of fuel and crashed. And now I'm aware of going, 
okay, if you're going to do this, you kind of need to know when to land the plane before you crash. And I don't allow my, I literally don't allow my energy go over 70% because of that. Because if I, if I go too far with anything, I'm more prone to a meltdown. And I haven't had meltdowns in years. So the reason I don't is it's a 70%. I have a limit on my energy now, even though like I'm still passionate about this and <coughs> stuff like that, excuse me. I still cut it off at 70% because you yeah. do burn out. You do burn yeah. out. Yeah, you can't pour from an empty cup. You have to have your own self-care and a self-awareness, don't you? Yeah. You know, I've um, so about me, um, I've been married 32 years. So I'm in for the long haul, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, we got married quite young. Um, I'm 54 now. My husband's 53. So um, it's... It's been very challenging and had lots of different challenges over the years, you know. Um, he's only recently been diagnosed. So that diagnosis came in 2019. Okay. Um, so it's quite late to having that diagnosis, you know, when he was 51. Yeah. Yeah, that is, it is, it is late. But I've, I've seen um, years ago when I was in therapy, I've seen one or two people, I've seen a man and, He's nearly 60s. Um, it just got too much for him and he had to go and he got the diagnosis of BPD. Yeah, yeah. I said that to my husband today. I said, have you always felt that there was something... I don't like to say the word wrong because I don't think it is wrong at all. I think it's just a difference. You know, we all have differences. Yeah. And we've used the world is quite a, unique sometimes. And he said, yes, he's always known that he felt kind of different in a way but didn't know what it was or how to describe it in words yeah and you see that's a major thing is where people i've noticed as well is that it is the describing of it that's one of the i have lots of reasons why i do the podcast but one of them is that i could not verbalize bpd and it was cracking me up years ago because i couldn't name it i couldn't bring it out and i looked like a madman trying to explain it and it was only because certain people that are in my life literally could not understand what I was saying I simplified it down that a five-year-old could understand it and I speak extremely simple nowadays for that reason because there's nothing worse when you're explaining yourself to someone and you can tell they can't get it because you're alone in the in the illness you're alone I felt alone in the illness and then we are explaining to people and they're going, yeah, I know what you're saying, but I can't get it. <laughs> they're going, oh, Christ, I'm yeah. fucking sinking here. Will you help me out? And you can tell they're like, yeah, yeah, I know you're in pain, but I just can't. I don't I, I don't understand what you're saying. It's a nightmare, you know. I think this is the, the, the your podcast that you do have helped enormously because they've helped my husband realize that he's not alone. That right. there are other people there that having similar experiences, and I think it's really from starting to listen to them, I can see the massive um, impact that they've had in such a good way. Um, you know, they've really helped him, and also now coming from that, you're also looking at partners of of people you know who have BPD, and how also it affects 
not just the person with it, but the people that are around that person. Yeah, it's it. Yeah. And the last couple of episodes I've had on, I've been trying to get people that have partners with BPD because there is more than just like what we have. And yes, we go through the pain. But it is a fucking nightmare. Call a spade a spade. It can be an absolute nightmare for the partner because they have to endure it also. You know, and like as I said, one of the main reasons I'm really honest is, well, I'm honest because I'm honest. I don't really care. But like I gave my wife hell. You know, like all of my wife's friends say they would never marry me. Um, which I think is comical, like I would marry them. Um it's automatic, like. Uh, but they do. They say I would never marry you. Sure, like I and I do say, but sure, Emma's the only one that could handle me, which is the truth. She's literally the only woman on the planet I know that could handle me. She had to endure quite a lot to get to today. To be honest with you, she had to endure quite a lot, quite a lot of holding back tears, quite a lot of keeping a brave face, quite a lot of fucking. I'd imagine she was like, "Oh, I'd love if he left." Um. Quite a lot of that. Thankfully, it worked out. But it was hard work. It was hard work on both sides. It was obviously no relationship is all one-sided. But at the same token, I gave her hell. I absolutely gave her hell because I couldn't control my emotions. I just couldn't get them together. I wish, I wish someone had the knowledge I had back in 2009. Because, I, I, you know, I wish I had that. Someone was saying, you know, do the food. It's a fucking winner, winner chicken dinner, no pun intended. Do the food. Just go to bed early and eat right. If someone said that to me in 2009, if I'm being honest, I probably wouldn't have listened until I'd done my wristing and then I would have listened. But I didn't know in 2009 how crucial food and sleep was. Yeah. Today, yeah. Today, yeah you, have be, you have to be ready, Sean, though, don't you, to be able to take those things on board and look. I mean, my um, husband now is mm. so much better than what he was um, yeah. because um, he, we, you know, we follow you, we follow you. Obviously, um, we've really brought in the smoothies now, which really <laughs> helped him massively. Right. Yeah, as soon as that came on, we're like, yeah, we'll give that a go because. What harm is there? There was nothing in there to harm you. So we did the smoothies. Um, my husband's recognised that alcohol can be a trigger. So this year he's going to be alcohol free. Yeah. He's never done that since he was a teenager. Okay. You know, he's a shift worker. So he has a difficulty with a sleep pattern because on a three shift pattern, that yeah. is difficult. And I don't know yourself, but when you're tired, your resilience is low and that's the kind of thing that I wanted to bring on to the podcast is that I feel that with my husband, especially, he has very low resilience compared to probably me that doesn't have that. So mm. a little thing I can cope with, a little thing for my husband can be a massive thing for him. And he's more easily triggered. He doesn't have as much resilience or tolerance or patience and they're all things I think you need to kind of build on, which he's getting there, he, he will. Yeah. And they're things that, you, to me, are automatic, but they're not for him. No, and I have to agree. A few weeks ago, I was chatting to a friend of mine, and I'm going to plug it, the Clockwork Junkie podcast. It's Mark. He's a friend of mine. He's in at here. But either way, 
I was chatting to him and he literally said to me about shift work and stuff like that, right? Because I'm always talking about sleep and my sleep, I don't like, I don't mess with it really. And he was saying to me, how really would you like recognize sleep as important? And we were talking about shift work. I says, I'll put it like this. If I was given a hundred grand a year to do shift work, I wouldn't do it. And he goes, seriously? I says, if I was given 200 grand to do three shifts, no way. I says, I never would do it. And he goes, why? Like, you'd be 200 grand. I'd be a fucking lunatic. I wouldn't be able to control my emotions. I says, I literally would not be able to be myself today if I was doing shift work because I'd be constantly triggered with tiredness. And would you believe I've over the years, I've because I've done my wrist in, I hope people aren't getting sick of me saying because I've done my wrist in, but it is the fucking beginning of the end for me. It was when I started all of this. But I was so afraid after what I did to myself because I caught myself out. I didn't like go, oh, tonight I'll do it. It was just a split second and I done it. But since then, I've tested myself so much to see where's my tolerance. And I will, you know, I'll eat really healthy and then I'll eat processed food and I'll see how many weeks I get. And I, I can go over three months at this stage, but it used to be three weeks and now it's over three months. Um, but I'd be testing myself constantly. Even today, I haven't eaten. I haven't eaten today. Testing myself because I have two podcasts to see could I handle the podcast, right? So I'm constantly checking. Constantly checking. Is that myself. part of your BPD, though, Sean? That it's you- it's part of it's part of me making sure that I never get caught again where I could be suicidal and I do something stupid. Okay. Constantly. You're, you're testing your resilience. My resilience. <laughs> I'm testing my resilience constantly. Absolutely constantly. But. As I said, I went from three weeks. I could eat processed food a couple of years ago for three weeks, and then I could feel the meltdown coming, so I go back onto clean food. Then I tested again a year or two later, and I can go three months now. So that's pretty good. But I put up a ton of weight. Um, but the sleep I could never do. Now, I've tested the sleep. I've really tested it and pushed it. Um, and... I could never do it. And then I started reading books on sleep just to see, is there, is there a little trick you could do? Because I have a, my wife, we'll say, my wife could get it. Like, here's the thing I've never done. I've never said it in the podcast. When we were having children, right, I said, oh, I don't know. Like, Jesus, I don't know, Emma. I'm not sure. Like, I can barely handle my, my head and... She was like, yeah, look, you get better. And, you know, I've said that in previous podcasts. But one thing I never said was this. I said, like, what am I going to do about the nighttime? Well, she says, you're never doing a night feed. That's she says, you're never. Do- I knew this. You're never. Don't you worry. She says, I will never wake you up to do a night feed. She says, are you sure? Like, because I said, like, um, you know, I don't know how well I cope. She goes, Sean, that's never happening. I know with you, you're not doing a night feed. I says, well, I'll, I'll help you with the rest. And that's, that's why I do a lot of housework and a lot of cooking and a lot of cleaning. Because if the kids wake at night, Emma gets up. Mm. Right? Now, there was a stage a couple of years ago where I said to her, 
and I was testing it. I said, look, could I try and wake up? You know, and she goes, no, <laughs> like, no, I'm not fucking putting up with you. I said, but I, I'm just going to try it. I just want to try it. And she goes, no, you don't know what you're, when Sean, it's easier for me to get up and stay with the kids all night than it is when you're tired. And it's a nightmare getting up with the kids, but still easier than dealing with you. She says, you're a fucking nightmare when you're tired. You can't even make, like, you're a pretty intelligent lad, she said, but you can't, you're, you're just going around, you can't even make sense of the words you're coming out with, your, your sentences, you're talking to me, and then you trip into another sentence, and then you get upset with me because I can't pick up with the fact that you've joined two sentences yeah. together. And she yeah. says, then you get upset with me going, what the fuck is wrong with you? Can you not li- listen to what I'm saying? And she says, but you're literally joining two sentences together that don't make sense. When I repeat that back to you, you get offended, thinking I'm mocking you. And then you say, I didn't mean that. But she says, you, no, she says, no, the night times you're never doing them. We'll have children. Help me with the house. I'll be appreciative if you help me with the house, but you're never doing a night feed. You're never getting up with the children. And I have to say, I'm seven years a parent. Um, I think I've got up three times because I was in the pushing at phase and she's got up like she's, but I got up with her. And the next day I was a bastard. Yeah. And there's no, there's no denying it. I, I, I literally cannot. It's the only thing like even with the sweets, with a bad diet, I can somewhat remove myself. But when I'm tired, I actually want to fight with you. I'll actually stay. I'm the type I leave. I, I'll, I'll remove myself and put myself up to bed or something like that. Get up to bed. And I know it sounds stupid, but I'll actually go, get up to bed. Just get up to bed. And I go to bed. When I'm tired, I actually want to close the door. I want to fucking engage with you. I want the row. I want... Because I'm so exhausted, I want you to fight with me so I can lunge back at you. Mm. Yeah, that so, all really makes total sense. I mean, I think for my husband that when he wakes up, you know, yeah. I think you described before about having your pint glass full. Yeah. You know, and it's very full for people with BPD. I don't really think that he gets much time to like let that go down. So wait, it's already full to the top. So when he's tired... Mm. it doesn't take anything for that to overspill and I really do recognize what you're saying because my husband's brain I think sometimes can go so quickly that he can't put the thoughts together logically and they come out like what you said they're all you know like all over the place and then I'm trying to catch up and I can't catch up and then I'm the same as your wife and I'll say hang on I don't know what you're saying and then he thinks that I'm being quite um rude or aggressive because I'm I'm questioning him but because I don't know what he means and I'm trying to ask him and then he's moved on to about 10 things in front and he can't remember what he said (laughs) yeah it's it's like you're total um you're like in two alternative universes sometimes and I'm trying to think like can you come back down to earth a bit and calm down and slow down so I can't process what he's telling me and he's processing it too fast to make sense and it and that kind of gets you going a little bit but like you say then when you're tired you can be a little bit more sharp and a bit more sarcastic and a little bit more grumpy and you're like oh yeah go to bed husband uh, oh yeah yeah I've been on, I have I've uh, Emma has often said to me 
Sean, just go to bed. Just go to bed. You know, leave it. I'll fucking do it. Like, it's not worth it. Just go to bed. It's just go to bed. She says, you're a nightmare. Just go to bed. Why did you do that? Why did you deliberately? And I have to respect. I was only saying this to a fella today. I've complete respect for my mind now to go to bed. In other words, because I've three kids and they're small. And like, I'm very mindful going, if I stay up late, the parent I will be compared to the parent I am will be a completely different parent. And I was a very questionable child. I would hold my parents to question, which is the nightmare child to have. Because they're constantly going, that's not right. This is not right. Why did you do that? And no parent wants to hear that because we're not perfect. But I would say to my parent going, why didn't you go to bed? Because I thought about this going, what would I say to me? And my question would be is, why didn't you go to bed, dad, if you can't handle being tired? What do you say? So I go to bed because like, what do you say to that? It's like, Netflix. Yeah, but you've learned what you need, haven't you? Mm. It, and that's the point. It's learning what you need, recognizing first, I think, what you need, and then trying to put that into place. And it is it is difficult. Um, so that's kind of one a- aspect that um, my husband's probably quite a lot tired than maybe I'm recognizing, or even he's recognizing. Yeah. Um, I think another kind of main thing for me is what they what I think I, I I'm terming it right, is the splitting in BPD. <laughs> so, um, good stuff. So good stuff there. Yeah, let's get right to the good stuff. <laughs> so for me, I yeah. can be um, the best wife ever at nine o'clock in the morning. And I think that I'm being really good and doing what, you know, and then I can say something. Yeah. I can do something. I can neither do either of those things because, you know, my husband can presume that I've done something. And then I turn instantly into the worst person that ever existed. And then I'm lost then because I don't know what's happened. Yeah. Uh, And now that's a continuous instability there in our marriage is that I don't quite know where, where I'm at, you know? Right. Okay. You see, the splitting is the winner, winner, chicken dinner, it's kind of what sets us apart from all the other mental illnesses in a sense of, it's kind of what we do. Now, the reason why we do it, in my opinion, is this. So we're a very empathetic type of person, right? Caring and kind. And I'm not, look, I'm starting off with this. The next bit I'm going to be getting into is not exactly going to be Disneyland. But in general, we're very kind and caring and we're, we're, we're compassionate and emotional people. Right, because we feel of all our emotions to their extreme. So when we love you, we love you. And what happens is it's kind of like a form of post-traumatic stress disorder. Is what happens is a certain word or tone, if it reminds us of a trauma, our brain goes, Oh shit. Do you remember this when you were younger and you couldn't handle it and you didn't know what to do? I know what you can do. You can fuck off <laughs> and I'm going to come in and this will be a, na- a very narcissistic version of you, but don't worry. Narcissistic version of you won't give two shits. And then I'll proceed to abuse everybody to keep them away. So I, I tr- trust me. 
the pain will be so, so much. I'm just going to get rid of you for a little bit of time here. And I'm going to become extremely verbally abusive. And tell the person to fuck off, because then you're going to be safe from the hurt that you're going to be feeling. And it's shocking. It's about being hurt. Right. And it could be a tone. It could be the slightest change in tone. It's like, oh, shit. You remember that tone? That meant a beating. Or that meant something. That that tone, when it changed, meant, like, I can tell a certain, a tone for me changing could equal a beating when I was a kid. Yeah, so your body, your body's gone into high alert, hasn't it? So so it's like a trauma response in a way. It's like it's exactly that. It's it's basically, and the like. My wife would be like, "What the? What did I say?" I'm exactly the same. And then (laughs) what have I done? Yeah, and the finger be out with me. The finger be out. Don't fucking don't fucking pretend. What did I fucking say? You fucking changed your tone. What the fuck was wrong with you? Don't fucking what the fuck is wrong with me? I'd be like, I'd be gone at that stage years ago. Don't fucking, you, you know what you're doing. You fucking, why did you change your tone? Why did you change your tone? And she wouldn't even recognize her tone change. And I would have picked up the tone just slightly going up. Why did you change your tone? What the fuck is wrong? And I'd be like giving it to her. And she'd be looking at me like a deer in headlights going, what is wrong with you, Sean? What? And I would be completely flared up. Don't fucking, don't try and make me out to be a fucking liar, I'd say. Don't make me out to be a fucking liar. You fucking changed your tone. Admit it. Okay, I changed my tone. See, I told you. I fucking told you you changed your tone. Why'd you change your tone? She'd be like, because I'm getting excited. Like, you're not allowed to change your tone. But you see, I couldn't explain back then. Your change of tone equaled me getting a beating, right? So my brain wasn't able to tell. Your brain didn't give you the time, did it? No, just gone. It was yeah. just like a trap door. It was like a trap door and I disappeared. It was like, oh, gone. And next thing, the new version is up, the prick version, yeah. as I call it. And I'm gone. It's like complete defense mechanism. And my wife was wondering, how did it go from me saying something to him completely flared up defensive? And like, I'd be pointing, I'm pointing the finger so you'll go away from me, right? Trap door. Completely gone. I'm not even down there. <laughs> it was fucking a nightmare. And a lot of it was tiredness. Yeah. A lot of, like, I can tell you now, yeah. uh, tiredness, it's worse than food. Definitely worse than food. Um, I can last three months eating. I can, eat, I can eat junk food for three months. I can't last two days. I can't last two days. I can do, so it's worse. Tiredness is worse. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I've, I've looked up books. There's no cure. There's nothing they could do. The Americans spent millions trying to get their, um, oh, the army. They spent millions trying to make sure that they could survive and stay awake and be good combat soldiers. And they spent millions trying to do it. The only cure is to get a good night's sleep. So, yeah. so you really are quite like um, sensitive to things like that. Whereas, it, it, again, it's like the tolerance of things, isn't it? I mean, so what I have to do personally is I just have to kind of give my husband the space and time to come back. Yeah, you have to. When he's gone. Um, And it can be for um, 
a minute, it can mm. be an hour, it can be weeks. If he's really, really upset and he can't bring himself around and regulate, you know, his mood, which, you know, you'll know yourself, it, it's a struggle. Um, and then he can, like, come back down to himself and the slightest thing can set him off again. And it, it's quite it's quite um, hard work, you know, mm. but for me, it's quite hard work because I'm looking all the time and I'm thinking, who who is this person? Who am I with? Um, and I think before I used to be really on edge when he, when he was really good because I'd always be thinking, mm, what's going to trigger him? Whereas now I'm looking at it. OK, so he's good right now. OK, let's just go with it. Yeah. And you see, that's where it can cause anxiety for the other person, because. I know there's a book called Walking on Eggshells, um, but I imagine that's what it would be like is when you're waiting for is he going to be OK today? Is he not going to be OK today? And I'd love to say I have an answer in a sense of what to do but tiredness and BPD to the best of my knowledge it's a non-runner like as I said to you earlier on my wife she knew this she was like it was never going to be an option um because it was worse as she said it was worse for me it was easier for her to deal with children waking up at night than it was to deal with me when I'm tired so yeah. I'd imagine I'd imagine that's pretty yeah. bad I got yeah. that yeah um, I, 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 I'm, my brain is rattling what to say in a sense. I think when he does the night shift to kind of, I know it sounds weird, pamper him a little bit because he is going to be very sensitive. And um, because he might, I don't know, would he pamper you then? See, I would pamper if I was pampered and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the thing, you know. Um, I think I've had that a lot from, from like my friends who've been a similar thing. You know, with your wife saying, well, why are you still staying with this guy? You know, you've been married 32 years. You're not always, it's not always good because it's not. Um, why don't you stay? Because underneath all that, I can see a really good person, really kind, caring, compassionate, will do anything for me without any doubt at all. Yeah. And, and that's what I, I see, you know. Um, and I can't, you know, you can't separate it a person from their personality you know my husband hears who he is and you know because of the trauma that he's had you know as a child it's developed who he is um and I don't like the term you know BPD I don't like to think that somebody has a disordered personality I feel that's really wrong and we need to be addressing that and that doesn't make um, there's nothing in that description that allows somebody to express the trauma that they've had um, you know, it's like, oh, your personality is disordered. You know, well, we don't want you. Well, hang on a minute. I'm an actual person here and I didn't ask for this trauma. This is what's happened to me. Um, so I feel things are moving forward now with that, you know, the whole terminology of that. Yeah. Um, what it should be called, I don't know. Um, I mean, they tried the um, the EUPD, haven't they? Uh, yeah. Which, is just as bad, I feel. I don't think that's given it any better, you know, um, emotional unstable personality disorder. I don't well, think that helps. I think we should be called legends until we're not. I agree. 
It'd be, it'd be fitting in its own way. Legends until we're not. <laughs> it's yeah. like... Yeah, and, and I think um, that um, like the help that's available where we live is slowly getting better, but there is no kind of treatment proper pathway. Um, yeah. A lot of people um, don't want to work with people that have BPD. They find them too challenging for the splitting aspect, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, because um, it kind of, if I can do um, one really brilliant thing and and my husband won't pick that up, but he'll pick the thing I haven't done, you know, and that's the thing as well. Yeah, well, you know. As you forget all... that I've done like these 10 good things for you today and you're just picking on the one thing that I've not quite done how you wanted. And yeah. you forget about those things. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you know what uh, I got my wife to do years ago? Because like that, I'd forget. All species on the planet, and I'm not giving an excuse, all species are designed to make sure they see trauma beyond everything else, and that's remembered, because that's what keeps us alive. Um, mm. So we're not designed to, to notice the good. We're really designed to notice the danger. That's all species. But people with BPD, I won't say people with BPD, I was a legend for forgetting all the good my wife did. So I literally said to her to text me when you do something good because I have it in my phone. And I told her to remind me to look at the phone. So I'd have to come out of the split and read through it. Going, right, okay. Right, okay. Right, okay, you done me good. Yeah, you done good. Okay, you done good. No, keep looking. And I keep looking and I'd see all she did good. And my brain, I, the fucking trap door would open again and I'd be hoisted back up. <laughs> Because I'd have to be. Because I don't know about anyone else. I had to do that. I had to get my wife to write stuff down in a book. She go, are you going doing this? I never said I'd do that. You did say you'd do that. No, I didn't. You said you'd do it. No, I didn't. I can't remember. And I'm being honest. I couldn't remember. Right? She could have been annoying me. I would be half in a split. <laughs> Probably agreeing to something. Right? I'd come back out of this place, totally forget it. And she'd say, you said you'd do that. I'd say, I don't remember. And I'm being honest, I wouldn't remember. It got to a stage where I had to go, right, you need to text that to me. And I'll be honest with you, that's still going on. Right? She's still texting. That's a good thing. Yeah, she's still texting me. I, I do say it or just, will you do this? No, text it to me. Just text yeah. it. My brain is, there's a lot yeah. of madness going on up there about... Yeah, that's that's um, yeah, that's a good. I'm glad you brought that up, sure. Yeah. Because my husband says the same for him that there's so many things going off in his brain that he can't decide which one sometimes is the one that he really needs to be doing. He's got yeah. a, a lot going on, um, and sometimes when he's quite unwell, so if he's been split, you know, um, and it's made his mood very low, very um, depressed in a way. But um, his memory goes and he'll say, I can't remember what I've done when I've been like that. He, can't, he, just, he, can't, he just can't remember. And if I'll say to him, but do you remember doing this? Or can you remember saying that? And he'll go, no. He has no knowledge of, of what he said and sometimes and what even he's done. And, and that's quite, um, quite a worry, you know. That's what, you see, that's what I'm saying. It's like the trap door. You're gone. 
Yeah. It literally is. And that's, I, when I say I'm better, it's I make sure I don't get tired enough to go into that. So that's like me being better is, do I have the potential to have a meltdown or a split? I still have the potential. My brain has not changed. It's getting tired enough. I make sure I don't get into the split. So like, I, I, yeah, I do. Now I am getting better in my mind, being honest with you. But at the same token, wouldn't remember a thing. And that's why I, I literally, she like texting today or, you know, even this morning um, when I was organizing this, I was texting. So it's not even, even though she's there, I'll text because then it's confirmed. It's like communication, isn't it? Of constantly being in that level of that you both know where you're at all the time. Yeah. Well, my husband's really quite unwell. Um, I don't know if you have this or I think you might have talked about this, but when he's very unwell, he gets like a paranoia that trips in a little bit and he can be quite suspicious as well. So if I do something nice for him, he, in his mind is always questioning that of uh, why have you done that nice? Uh, what do you want? You've yeah. done that nice. And what have I got to give you because you've done that nice? And I'm, well, you don't have to do anything because I want to do this for you. And he's always, mm, but why are you doing that? It's almost as if he doesn't have that um, self-belief in himself mm. or, you know, that self-esteem and to know himself very well. Um, but the paranoia bit can be, you can feel that people who are close to him can be against him. Well, you know. I don't know, obviously, your situation, right? But I would... I would say this, maybe. You see, I don't know if it's paranoia or a memory. And before you, I'm not thinking about you when I'm saying this. I'll give you an example. Maybe as a child, when someone, when he done good, he was treated well. But that person then could turn on them. So he was never sure. Jesus, like you know, are you good today? Why are you good? Why? I know, you see, even myself growing up as a child, you had very little kind of happening that was good. So you kind of avoided it because it was very alien. And then if it was good, that same person could lunge at you. Mm. So you kind of went, mm, no, if someone's been good to me, that could be followed by a beating too. So I'm not saying it is, but... You can, you can become very suspicious when someone's treating you well because it could have been followed by trauma when he was younger. And his brain will remember going, someone treating you well equals a beating. Yeah. So his yeah. brain will remember that. Thought, Always be suspicious of anyone treating you well because this is what comes afterwards. I'll protect you. I know that was the way my mind was. It was alien. If someone treated me well, it was alien. I couldn't, I couldn't grasp it. So I'd start a row with them just so everybody came back to my reality. Because mm. at least in it, It's almost as if he's testing people, Sean. I feel that's what my husband does in a way. He tests to see, like, right. he kind of pushes me away till there's no more limit to go. And he pushes me to that absolute limit to see if I'm going to abandon him and go. 
Yeah. And I think it's a lot of testing all the time, testing boundaries all the time, constantly testing I, that boundary. I, yeah. I don't know. Like I, in the in the middle of a row, I'd say, oh, "Well, I was just testing you," and my wife would say, "Why? What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? What the? F-? She wouldn't say what the fuck. I'm more of that." Yeah, type. but he's probably thinking that. Oh, but she'd be like, "Why? What is in your yeah. head? You're testing me. Why are you testing me? Well, I want to see what you're doing. Why are you doing it? Well, why is she like? And I, she became a bit paranoid at one stage. Going, is this a test? I go, no. See, I don't know what you know. And I was actually making her paranoid going, I'd be doing something and I'd be really genuine. And she goes, is this a test? And then I get upset going, it's not a fucking test. And see, and I ruined it for us because I had her going, I don't know if this is a test. Now I don't test anymore. Mm-hmm. Oh, in the beginning, like when I say in the beginning, it was a good 10 to 12 years, if not more. I was in the beginning, like just because I'm fine now in the last five years. But I'd be constantly yeah. testing her to see. Is she yeah, I think, I think it's to test probably where you're at more than where she's at. You know, because if you're grown up, like you said, and you don't really quite know where you fit in your family and you haven't really had the what you needed to de- to develop well and feel happy, you know, as a child, you're going to struggle and this is what's continuing now, you know, for my for my husband, really. I think it's a little bit of, do you really want to be with me? It doesn't matter how many times I say that I do. He's always got that yeah. out. Always got that. Mm, but why do you want to be with me? And it's always that questioning. You you see, and I, I can say I'm settled now. I can honestly say I'm settled. Um, because it does. I know for me, it came to a stage where you're kind of going, Look, there's nothing you can do, there's nothing you know. We'll say if Emma went off, there's nothing I can do about it. Um, because I knew I was destroying the relationship, I knew I was ripping it apart, trying to see, Did she why did you want to stay with same thing? What are you doing with me? I used to laugh, I used to laugh at Emma. I'd just be washing the dishes and I burst out laughing, going, What the fuck were you thinking marrying me? Like, what the fuck was in your head marrying someone like me? And she goes, I don't know. <laughs> I go, seriously, like, I wouldn't fucking marry someone like me. It's too much work. And she'd be like, No, you're like, like you. Sean, when you're good, you're great. Yeah, 100%. And that's what she said. When you're good, you are great. When you're not good, you're a nightmare. But she says, no, when you're good, you're great. Um, but yeah, like I'm, I'm remembering back now with this podcast, all I did. And, and it's not fucking fun in its own weird way. But at the same token, the amount of testing I did, because you're just not sure if they're telling you the truth, because it could be one little thing that she would do. And it would remind me of, one of my siblings or my parents who do love you but still hurt you. Mm. And your brain goes, yeah, but they love you too. But they hurt you. Mm. I know. That's weird because I'll say to my husband, you know, you lived 20 years with your family. Mm. You've been with me 32. Do you not know that I wouldn't do those things? And it doesn't matter. Yeah, he wouldn't. 
But he, doesn't, he doesn't look at that, no, because yeah, he goes, yes, yes, Yeah, but there's some uh, Yes, but, yes, but, yeah. always, yes, but. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, but surely you would know now that you know me enough. Well, do you know what my wife said to me? <laughs> and I'll be honest with you. And I had to put on the big boy pants when she said it to me, even though I didn't want to put on my big boy pants. She said, Sean, I'm going to hurt you. You need to fucking grow up. Yes, I'm going to hurt you. You think I'm you. What planet do you think you live on where nobody argues? What planet do you think that we're not going to have an argument from now until the day we die? We're going to have arguments. You and you argue. I argue. We're like that as people. And I'm going to hurt you in them arguments. You need to accept that. You need to accept that I'm going to hurt you. So will you fucking stop giving me this? I've ripped you apart fucking reaction. She says, it's all is a bit too much with you. I'd say something and you come in tenfold. Oh, yeah. That's another thing I was going to ask you about. Like, why yeah. why when I do one, you come back with a ten? Yeah. Yeah. So, that is a good question. Now, you, you know, it's, you're brilliant at, at, okay. at doing that. Because he kind of preempting the things that I'm wanting to kind of get across. <laughs> that, yeah, yeah, yeah. So my husband can go from zero to a hundred in seconds like that. So if I do like one thing, he has to do it a hundred times worse. And you're like, but why? I'll tell you why. Why? I can tell you why because I've thought about it. There's a little. I'm going to get in trouble for this, but I'm going to say it anyway. No, no, don't, don't get into trouble. Now I'm going to get in trouble. It's the fucking way There's a little country called Israel. And the occupants of that country experienced quite a lot of trauma at a certain stage of life. And they will never be caught again. So they retaliate with all they have to make sure that it never feels like it felt before. Because somebody said that to me before. Why do you come out with all your guns? I said, because I'm like fucking Israel. Yeah. I will never be hurt to that extent again. And that's the best way I can explain it is. I will never allow anyone to hurt me that much. So I come out with everything I have so that they remember to stay away. Because it hurts. And that's why, like Emma said that to me. Jesus, a couple of months ago, fucking hell, you just come back with everything you have, don't you? And I always will. Yeah, I, yeah. It's a really good point. But Sean, can I point mm. out living on the other side of that is the awareness and damage that causes that other person? Yeah. So yeah. While you're there and you're giving it all that big guns and you're 100%, that other person is having to face that and not know then what to do with that and then be totally overwhelmed and it's too much for that other person and and then how do you make the how do you make the person with bpd say look you need to take responsibility here you've gone a little bit overboard with that there was no need to do that and you know it's hurtful what you've done mm. and you, you you're not that little boy now that got hurt like that you're a full-grown man and you need to be responsible and recognise that by, by how you're behaving is causing harm and damage to that other person and get them to recognise that and take ownership for that. That's a great question. 
It is a great question. Um, because my brain is going no fucking way, no fucking way. <laughs> That's what my brain That's is. What my husband does yeah, too, yeah, I mean, it's not, friend, it's not like, helpful. Like, and I have to. You see, I'm. The reason I'm saying it's that's a great question because my brain is going no fucking way, no fucking way, no fucking way. And I have to wait for it to filter out until I get the more human part of the brain. Um, I generally now walk away. Right. So even though like my brain, like when you were telling me when you were going through it, my brain was like, no fucking way, no fucking way. Get everything lined up. Make sure you can fire everything with one button. Um, and that's the defense. <laughs> that's just the defense of my brain because uh, he's still in there or it's me anyway I generally walk away now what I do now is I know I'm going to be hurt because when Emma said to me I'm going to hurt you I then had to have a chat with me myself and go I love talking to myself in the third person I go right listen she's after saying you're going to be hurt did you acknowledge that I don't give a shit I'm still going to come out with all the guns, right? This is the way, this is the chats I have with myself. I'm still coming out with all the guns, right? But she said it's not really great in a sense of, as you just said, it's not fear. Don't give a fuck. No way, not doing it. I'm coming with the guns. And I go then, right? But like, you're given 10 times worse than what she's given. You can acknowledge that. I don't care. I go, right, okay, I'm not getting anywhere here. I'm going to have to walk away. Yeah, I'll walk away. Right, just walk away. Don't fuck it up for me and walk away. Now, when I'm walking away, I want to kill, right? I do. I'm not going to say I fucking don't. I'm not going to say I'm all Zen and the Dalai Lama. I turn, because it's an agreement I have with myself, and I walk away. Now, Another agreement I had to have with myself was you're not allowed text or ring them until you come up with a very moral reason as to what happened to you. Generally, I go upstairs and I'll scream into a pillow and I go and I get my phone and I go and fuck you, all capitals, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> oh, why wouldn't you? <laughs> And then I, you know, so I give, I, I, let, I, let, I let the text, fuck you, you fucking the C word that every other country hates, but we use it quite a lot. You're only a fucking and a blah, 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 blah. And this is how I really, feel, really, I love the really part in the text. This is how I really feel about you, right? But because I have an agreement with myself that there has to be morals in the text before I send it, I never send it because there's no morals in there. So then I have to delete it. Probably do another scream into the pillow going, come up. And then the next text is, what you've just said there really hurt my feelings. I'd really appreciate it if you didn't say it in that tone. Although I know you don't pick up on tones, I'm extremely sensitive to tones. I know it might be easy for you, but as you said, some things are 10 times worse for you than they are for me. A tone is 10 times worse for me than it is for you. I'd really appreciate it if you monitored your tone going forward. I know sometimes you can't, but would you please monitor your tone? Send. Into the pillow again, 
because he's still not finished and scream another time going, fuck it, I didn't enjoy that. <laughs> I wanted to kill. So then that's that's the moral part. I'm at that stage where I go. Yes, yeah, I, yeah. So uh, your toddler brain has yes. got brakes on. Yes, it does. It stabilizes and, on your toddler brain. Yeah, and um, yeah, it does. And uh, so, yeah, I, I still... I still, I still, I still, I still, still love an old jaunt or a run. <laughs> like it's, I'd still love to give it in a sense of, but I don't. I today I have to. I've myself trained, I suppose, like a toddler. I've myself trained to act morally. There's parts of me that doesn't want to act morally, if I'm being honest. There's parts of me that would love to just press that red button that's in my head, and everything gets fired. But um, no, I don't. But it, it yeah, because it hurts so much. Um, and, and I'm not saying it's justified. If you put your hand into boiling water, you'll pull it really back really quickly because the level of pain is so severe, your reaction matches that. The level of hurt that we feel is so severe, what we're giving back is the matching. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's justified. It's matching what we feel. And that's where people go, why did you do it so severe? Because, because we're, you feel it so severely. Exactly. It's, it's, it's literally, this yeah. is how I feel. Do you feel how I feel now? And they're like, what the fuck is this? And that's on us because... You see, we would, or we, I should say I, would see that as like an overreaction of like, well, that didn't warrant that response. Why Why has that made you feel like that? Um, yeah, but, yeah. So I don't understand, you know, I don't understand how, how that is. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's a difficult thing to live with. It, I see my husband, you know, it, he struggles every day, every single day. It's not yeah. easy, you know. Um, and the world that we live in, it's not really suited. You know, we, it, everything has to be conformed, doesn't it? And you all have to fit yeah, in yeah. a box. And if you don't, it's, you know, it, things are more, feeling more pressure. Mm. Um, so it's just really, it's just really difficult. And trying to negav- uh, sorry, navigate through, um, it can be tricky. Absolutely. And, and you see, even at that, when, you, when, when there's an acknowledgement on both sides, I acknowledge when Emma says something to me, like even at this stage, I say, listen now, you know you're going to be hurt. Don't react. Of course it's going to hurt. And it still hurts. I'll be honest with you. It's still the same as, it's still the same as a dog dying when I get hurt. It's still the same. And if someone is deliberately hurting me, it's the same as someone stabbing a dog in front of me. That's what you're dealing with. You're dealing with someone fucking going, hey, what do you think it is? Right. And it's not that I know it's not that, but that's what it feels like. So I want to give it back and go, oh, fuck you. Don't fucking do that to me. I'm aware now, to be honest with you, that even though I still feel that I 100 percent, I thought that would leave when I got better. It doesn't. I still feel and I have to digest that. And that's why I walk away, because the hurt is so much. And now I'll be honest, over the years, I kind of categorized things in my head when I was chatting to neurotypical people going, what you think it is? What you think it is? And they would be telling me and I go, OK, so that's that percent. That's that percent. That's that percent. 
and I had to percentage things over the years. Even though my brain goes, that's a hundred, it's a hundred, it's a hundred. I have to go, yeah, but fucking what did your friend say? He said that was a 60. No, it's yeah. a no, he said it was a 60 and your sister said it was a 50. So it's in between 50, 60. Yeah. It's a yeah. hundred. Oh, you're feeling it as a hundred. You're always going to feel it as a hundred. But what is it really? I had to kind of ask a lot of neurotypical people over the years. So, you know, this happened. What would you think? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, yes, yeah. I, right. So yeah. that's, that's, that's. But you're trying to quantify it, aren't you, Sean? You're trying to quantify your reaction of, is my reaction actually realistic to what's happened? Yes. So you could work out if you're. I don't want to say overreacting because you, you're not. It's just how you're reacting to something. Um, but looking at it from the outside in, it almost as if look, you look like, whoa, what's going on? But to you, that's a very normal thing, how you respond. It, it's just the aftermath of that, that. I think when you've walked away and that person's like, whoa, what's just hit me? <laughs> Ah, yeah. And you say, hang on a minute, you did this, and you go, Oh, I didn't know I'd done that. Well, you have. Yeah. And that that's yeah. the yeah, that's pretty much it, really. It's like, I suppose, and I'm thinking as you're talking there, it would be like in the beginning of an argument, somebody walked up to you and ripped a patch of skin off your arm and then said, and now let's have an argument. It would be like that. It'd be the equivalent of ripping skin off someone's arm and then going, okay, let's have our argument now. And then you're wondering why they're overreacting. Because yeah. it's yeah. even though... It's almost as if you're already set up, aren't you? You're already predisposed to, this is going to be problem- problematic for me. I'm going to have to put the steps in to keep me safe. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, because... really, yeah, you don't really need to put all those steps in to keep you safe. But however, your brain's already done it before you've thought about it. No, it's the pain. It's the actual pain. It's the pain of what the person said. You see, I could take a beat. I could take a beating all day long, but words crush me. Well, they did not so much now. So I could take a beating all day long. I'd even prefer it if I was being honest. The words crush me. So the words, like, absolutely crush me. So that's what I mean. It's the equivalent of ripping someone's skin off when someone's verbally abusing me or criticizing me and I have to then come back with that level of pain Mm. no is it justified it's not I'm just explaining that's the level of pain I feel when Mm. someone criticizes me it's the same as ripping skin off my arm yeah my my husband feels very hurt if any if he feels it's a even a perceived criticism He's very, very, he's, he's devastated. He's so hurt. And you're, but I just said that the toast was burned. It's not a criticism, it's just burnt. You know, can you do me a slice that's not so burnt? Just as an example. Well, you yeah. know, simple things like that. Well, you see, the toast is burnt. Again, can you do anything right? As a child, I'm only reverting back to my own childhood. Yeah. Are yeah. you ever do anything right? You're fucking. You stupid. can't even toast bread. <laughs> can't yeah. even. Yeah. So again, uh, I, I look. That's the yeah. fucking. That's it, the it, it really does make sense, you know, yeah. to uh, to be able to speak to 
you know, yourself who has a similar, well, the condition, but every, you know, everyone's different and have it in a different way, but you're very similar as well. Um, so yeah, it, it, I'm going to go away from this with a lot of thinking of it, you know, and I'll probably have to process it for a few days and then again, I can you know, come back and, and listen to it and think, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, and look, that's it. It's, it is a case of like this chatting away, and hopefully, we come to some sort of um, understanding. I suppose, really, it's not, and that's why it's a mental illness. I'm not. It is a mental illness. I'm not justifying it. I'm trying to basically, the level of hurt we feel, is unfortunately intensified that it's not regulated in our brain. The criticisms. Unfortunately, yeah. Now, not so much nowadays for me, but they crushed me. My hand is deformed from criticisms. That's why my hand is deformed, not from beatings. No, it's from no. It, it, it's from the. It's like you say, the words, how they make you feel. Yeah, and that's the level of pain we feel. That's why we come back 10. I'm not saying it's right. It's why we come. No, but it. I've got to try and validate what, you know, my husband says and what he feels. And I can't say, well, I don't feel that level of distress. So therefore you shouldn't. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm trying to have a better understanding. That's all I'm trying to gain from this, you know, to just a better understanding of what is going on. How can... I um, help how can I not trigger you know how can I try and diffuse the situation um, and look at how I'm behaving in this you know because there's two people in an argument isn't yeah, there yeah. how can yeah. I you know yeah. what can I do differently going forward that can you know can obviously help one thing I would say if you want to do something different is this what you say needs to match what you feel because we are extremely hypersensitive we feel it so if you say something and you know it's not true but you're trying to keep the peace don't say it because it completely confuses us because you're saying one thing but your body is vibrating an emotion we can pick up off the emotion quicker than your words so if I was to give you a bit of advice of what not to do is, no, I'm fine. And inside we go, well, why are you anxious? So which one are you? That's something I don't need to ask people. I can feel it. I can feel it in them. And then when they say something that doesn't correspond with that feeling, I go, you don't need to, I'm not trusting you now. I wouldn't trust them. And my, I, I start to step back from them because if they're saying, even if they're putting on the best show on the planet and they're, and I'm picking up that they're anxious and I check in with my own emotions going, no, I was happy. Now I'm anxious. There's something fucking off here. Are you all right? I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine. They're not. I, you know, and I know straight away and it's a nightmare when you're lied to because why are you lying to me? And you're bringing- It's very hypersensitive to keeping yourself safe, Sean. It's a nightmare. Like I get stressed when I'm around people because um, I pick up off their emotions and I can't help it. Um, even at a concert, which I love, I'm drained for about three days. 
and mm-hmm. because I'm absorbing all that positive energy and I'm right my, uh, my husband feels that you know things like parties Christmas yeah. go away he he very much struggles with a lot of people even though we're all family you know and he knows us really well it can be overwhelming for him so he, he goes and takes himself off and does things that are a bit quiet for himself and yeah. then come back um, and that's fine because you know it's like I'm gonna go and do this like okay no problem yeah, I'm the same. I go upstairs, I lie in the bed for 15 minutes and I come back down. Yeah, I, I think you've got to do for yourself, haven't you? Have um, yeah, but then be aware to let people know that they haven't done anything wrong. It's just the fact that you just want a bit of, you know, time out. Hmm. So it's it's communicating as well, I think, to, you know, yourself as well. But I think my husband found that quite difficult to communicate his feelings um, so, you know, it, it is difficult for him in some certain circumstances, yeah. No, if I'm, if, if like, if Emma sees me up lying on the bed, there's never, like I said it to her, if I'm lying on the bed, just picture I'm charging the phone. That's, I need to just charge the phone. Just need to reboot yourself. That's all, I'll be, I'll be down in 15 minutes or whatever, 10 minutes, whatever it takes, I'll be down. Um I do that quite often, even like if I'm minding the children during the day, I'll just go in and sit in the toilet for about two minutes and then I'm back out again and, you know, you're grand again. But you, you do need to recharge yourself. Um, I notice, especially with kids, because they do kind of wear you down that bit quicker, um, which they should because they're just being themselves. But yeah, I would. I'd need to recharge myself quite a bit, um, even at this stage where I'm fully functioning and not acting out. Um, but that's part of who I am as a person. I'm a hypersensitive person, you know? Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that sometimes, though, you don't always see that. So for, like, my husband, you, he wouldn't show you that because that's being vulnerable. So you wouldn't automatically get that side to him. But, you know, he is. And the more and more I'm learning and the more and more I'm listening, it, it's kind of coming together now and making more sense. Um, yeah. you know, I wished I'd got this you know 30 years ago really oh yeah i know but look really do wish that that i could go back and go yeah okay right i know what's happening now and i can adjust to it or we can talk about it whereas before i was like what a little bit you know like you said your wife what is going on what is happening why is this happening why are you behaving like this there's no reason in my mind to behave like this you know and you know it's difficult isn't it but like I'm wanting to do this in case there's any you know other people that are in a similar situation to me thinking yeah and you know they're not alone either no and I mean it is about understanding it's like at this stage Emma is very accepting of me I think Emma accepted me quicker than I accepted her um she's extremely accepting of me now at this stage as I said if I, I'll give you an example. Today, I had to cut the grass. I hate being outside. Like, I hate it. I'm not an outside person. And when I go outside, I get drained. I'm not, like, in nature and stuff like this. And I hate cutting the grass. I'll clean the house quicker than cut the grass. Right? And anyway, I had to cut the grass because I do leave it and it gets very long. And um, it took me a long time to cut it. And I was stressed cutting the grass. I just hate it. But... I didn't clean the house, right? Now, I'm off this week, so I'm going on holidays. We're going off for a few days. But like Emma then said, did you get the house done? She says, no, I cut the grass. 
um, I'll do it in the morning. Now, I will do it in the morning, but I will not cut the grass and do the house on the same day because I'm leaving myself vulnerable with the kids there. Mm. So I want, I'm very aware of cutting the grass really stresses me, even though it's a pleasure and it's only whatever to other people. For me, it stresses me out. Um, like I had to have a shower afterwards and all that. It really stresses me cutting grass. I don't like it. Um, so, so there it is. It's such a trivial thing to other people. But when I have to cut the grass like that, then I'm not doing the house. Because you see, I would much rather when Emma comes home from work that she goes, well, how was your day? Uh, fine, which it was. No problems. Was all right with the children. Dinner's cooked and whatnot. Then coming in, going, the house is spotless, but everybody's stressed. Yeah. So tomorrow I'll clean the house. Um, so I'm very mindful of my energy to make sure I keep enough for, for people so I don't get fucking mental in the head with them. Um, so with himself, when he is tired, um, I would, do you know what I would do if I was you? I, Because you're on about it and in my head and they're going, I hope you live until your 80s and then you get another 30 years. <laughs> so that's what's in my head. <laughs> so you might have another 30 years left. Is to sit down and acknowledge it. Like, I don't go against my mind anymore. I don't, I respect that I'm mentally ill. I respect that I can't get tired. There's a huge difference. Someone said that to me before. Um, oh, you won't get up with them or you can't get up with them. No, I can't. There's a huge difference. And I says, I'm a fucking hard worker. Like, I'm a very dedicated husband and father, which I am. And that's the truth. I might have a laugh and a joke and shy talk on here about wanting to kill them and all that, but that's just a bit of crack. But I'm, I am dedicated in a sense of I do work hard for my family, and I think a man should work hard for his family. Um, but I can't. There's a diff- if I could get up at night, I would. I just can't. It would be the difference of me being an absolute bastard to my children. And it's not worth it. It's just not like I will do... I cook all day. I cook all day. I cook all day on a Sunday and I wash up all day on a Sunday. Um, I do all the flo- I do all the bathrooms and the hoovering and polishing and all that sort of stuff. And I get the kids up. I get the kids up every morning because I'm a fucking legend in the morning. I'm full of energy and I'm having a laugh and I'm dancing in the morning with the kids because I just feel like dancing. Seven or eight o'clock in the evening. I'm, I'm not too bad now, but I'm pretty drained and I'm, I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Your energy is going and you're noticing yourself that, you know, your resilience is low. And I think that's the thing that needs to kind of be looked at for people with BPD to look at their levels of stress and where their tolerance is, you know, and build that up. Like you say, identify what's um, causing the issues if you can. You know, like you've mentioned the diet, the sleep and things like that and your life work balance and things. And then and continue that and then look at what actually does drain me, what does cause me to have meltdowns, mm. what causes me to have, you know, the splitting episodes, what causes me to have all the, you know, the other difficulties that I have. Yeah. You know, because sometimes, not so much now, but when my husband was very, very impulsive, that would cause massive problems between us. Yeah. You know, massive problems when you've got somebody that is just so impulsive and they're not thinking any of their behavior through. 
And then when they've kind of stopped being impulsive and they look back and then they go, oh, yeah, I did that, didn't I? And then you've got the shame and then they've got the guilt and then they've got all that that comes behind that behaviour. Mm. You know, they're all things that are really difficult to, to, to live with, you know, as well. And you know something as well as that, like even with yourselves, I don't know if you've ever done it, but to literally sit down and go, look, when I'm tired, what, what would you like when you're, I'd be asking your husband, what would yeah. you like when you're tired? When you're tired, because the thing about the brain is the brain will always tell you what it wants. Yeah. I want a pillow or I want sweets or I want whatever. But when you're tired, I'd say, look, you know, when you're tired, now it has to be in a good, obviously in a good sense, when he's calm. What would you like me to do for you? And let him tell you, right? And that's the response. And then the follow on is, well, in return for that, because I'm a very much tit for tat type of person. I like if I'm if I if I'm if I'm receiving, I like to give. And if I'm giving, I like to receive. And I'm like that. What would you like in return? So in other words, I'll do this for you when you're tired because I know you're easily triggered. And then what would you like? So both of you are nurturing each other's needs and wants. But then he acknowledges what he's to do for you when he's at full strength. And you acknowledge what you've to do for him when he's weak. You know, and that's one thing I did with Emma. I said, look, you know, don't fucking pick on me when I'm weak. You know, I'll lunge at you like a tiger. You know, like, don't do that to me. Don't fucking pick on me when I'm weak. Well, what do I do if I have a problem with you? Don't tell me when I'm weak. Just wait and say, Sean, I, I need to talk to you, but I'm going to talk to you in a few days. Yeah, I don't want to talk to you when I'm tired. And she does. And when I'm in full strength, she goes, look, this is what I wanted to talk to you about. Are you okay to talk about? Now, we have a rule. And I made up the rule because... I don't want to be able to get away with stuff because I've BPD. I don't, I don't, I never wanted to hide behind it. So the rule that I made up is it has to be talked about. And so she can do it through texting. Right. And the other rule we have that Emma made up is you're not allowed to highlight a problem if it's over a week. I thought that was brilliant. <laughs> she made up that rule because I was a fucker for bottling it all up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what my husband does. And then he throws it all back at me when the bottle's full. I'd compress it down <laughs> yeah. and get another bit in here, another bit yeah. in, then I'd spray yeah. it out. That's she would, it. Yeah. That, so, uh, that's exactly it. Yeah. And then I can't, I'm trying to say, but if you had a problem about two weeks ago, why didn't you tell me then? Why have you waited to have it all in one lump and then throw it at me? two weeks ago we were in the nice guy mode and we're really nice people two weeks ago and we were feeling really hipper hopper and all this and we really aren't that type of people even though the back of our brain is going we'll keep this for later now it's going to be a good one so yeah. emma picked <laughs> up on that fairly quickly and made that rule okay i think she made that rule 15 years ago with me um yeah even before a diagnosis she made that rule what are you doing telling me stuff that's months old why didn't you tell me that months ago? Yeah. Yeah. Because I didn't want to start a row. <laughs> you know, and she goes, no. She literally said this. You're a big, brave man when you drink on you. This is when I was drinking. Before I was diagnosed. You're a big, brave man when you're drinking, don't you? You think you're fucking so brave. 
you can come and think you can abuse me and bring up shit that I can't even remember that I that I done two, three months ago that you're holding inside, but you're all so fucking nice. You won't say a word to me. If you're big enough to fucking say it to me when you're drunk, say it to me when you're sober. And I'm telling you now, if it's over a week old, I don't want to fucking hear about it. So don't talk to me about it again. And I'm telling you now, if you bring something up that's over a week old, I'm just going to walk away from you. Because if you're a fucking big enough prick when you drink on you and a hard man, you'll bring it up when you're sober and grow up here bald, she says, and bring this shit up when you're sober. I don't want to hear about when you're drunk. And I was raging. She said that because I had to do it. <laughs> so I did. Yeah. And I've done it I think she's a very wise woman. I think they're words that are uh, on board. Yeah, yeah, I've done it ever since. And if I have a problem with Emma, I'll text her. As I said, not in the large print. It's it's very <laughs> much uh, you've hurt my feelings print. Yeah. But if it goes over a week, I'm done. I, yeah, because so that's you bottling that up, and then yeah, I I I struggle with that because I'm the same as her, thinking what's going on? Why are you bringing that up now? Yeah. So as if you've waited for a time to bring it up. It's no, there. No. You're just waiting. You're just no. waiting and biding your time to think, hmm, they criticized me for that. Now they're gonna get this. Boom. Yeah, in my in my that, that's the zero to a hundred, that isn't it? You're storing it up till you've got a hundred and then you're gonna throw it. Then it explodes like a bottle of champagne. It's just yeah. full of bubbles. And then, then that other person's going, What have I done? Yeah. What and have I done? Really yeah. And you haven't really done anything. All, all you've said is you burnt the toast. However, boom. That was, but that was number one hundred out of the ninety. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. what that's what happened. Yeah. Whereas, and you see, thankfully, as I said, that was about fifteen years ago. It's not that we didn't stop rowing since then. We've had many, many rows. We're we're very argumentative people, but I like a good argument. Um, another rule in our family, coming out with all the rules. Um, best argument wins. So because I want my own way as a person and I'm like a child, I want my own way. And by Jesus, I can stick my heels in. And so best argument, I had to come up with this because I'm so stubborn. I'm extreme. My father-in-law said, and you know, you're and he's a really polite gentleman. You're the most stubborn human being I ever met in my whole entire life. He said, I said, thanks very much. Um, I don't, like I don't care that I'm stubborn. It's like it's like for sure. No. Obviously, my brain is stubborn. It was meant but to. I, be I think that's going back to you know if you've had a traumatic childhood, mm. you had to be stubborn to survive. Yeah, you had to have that skill set to survive. Mm. Literally, you know, because she wasn't doing anything else but surviving. And to do that, you needed to have that skill set, which to get you through every single day. I get that. I fully get that. I I was asked in Ireland. There's Radio One. I was asked by Radio One to come on, and it's a it's a it's a big radio station in Ireland. But I was asked to go on tomorrow, and the and auditioner rang me today, and she was kind of you know getting a bit of background because obviously it's radio, and you, I know how to hold my p's and q's when I'm talking. This is fucking my podcast. So I can curse as much as I want because that's my natural tone and rhythm and that's the way I talk. But anyway, 
She was saying, what were you like as a child? And like, I've, you know, you have to remember, I was getting so many beatings as a child. And like my siblings are 10 years older than me. A lot, like a lot of my siblings, you know, I have a sister who's two and a half years older than me. But then my brother is seven years, nine years, 10, 11, 12, 13. So quite a lot older than me. So I was a very stubborn child because I think with some people it's, I'll run and I'll hide. And some people like me go, no, I need to fight to survive. So, but I wasn't able to fight because I was young. So I was, I was getting quite a lot of beatings. So in my wisdom, what I did as a small boy is I would go outside after the beating. Well, actually, no, one thing, I know you can see this, but the rest can't. I was so small, I'd have to reach up and open the door. And then I'd open that door and then I'd open the kitchen door and then I'd say, you're only a shower of fucking cunts, bastards. And I was only about six and I'd run because I knew I was going to be killed. <laughs> I had all the doors open so I could run away. <laughs> I love your forward planning there, Sean. Yeah, but for planning, right? I'm extremely calculated <laughs> as a human being. Anyway. Multi-talented. <laughs> yeah. I, another thing I used, this is the bit that I told the radio station. Um, so I'd be getting a beating as a kid and I'd be scaling it in my head going, yeah, no, that's okay. Yeah, no, that's, no, you're gone beyond it now. Jeez, you're going to be fucking stopping. They're not stopping. What's wrong with them? They're not stopping. Okay. That's it. Take your bait and so. So the next thing to be beating me and beating me and I wouldn't cry. And that was the only thing I had against them. I wouldn't cry. But I'd go outside I'd say nothing. I pick a rock up and I break a neighbor's window. I'd stand there. They'd open the door. I was only a kid. You're talking six years of age. They'd look at my face. I'd stand there. They'd see who it was. And then I'd run. I made sure they knew who I was. Mm. I knew I was getting another baiting, but I knew my parents would have to pay for the window. That yeah. was my little fuck you. Yeah. Because I wasn't strong enough. Yeah, but and that, that's kept you alive. That was your survival. That's what I did as a kid. Now, I have a brother, and God help him, he, he went in. He went inward. And, and you know, he, he, I have a son, and he's like that. He's very soft, which is lovely, but he's very soft. Mm. You couldn't raise your voice in our house. Like, my son would crumble. Mm. Real pet, like, he is a real pet. Um, but, yeah, that was my way of fuck you. That was my... I knew I was going to get another bait and I had accepted it. I didn't care. If that's the way you're going to treat me, this is what I'm going to do. You know? Yeah. So and that, that is kind of, that has carried on in a way of with the splitting. Because mm. in a way that's what's that, you know, that kind of uh, mentality is, is that part, isn't it? Is if you're coming to hurt me, then you're going to get, you know, that, that it makes sense. Yeah, and as I was getting the batons, I was splitting anyway. So you don't feel anything when you're splitting. Yeah, that, yeah. that's what my husband says. He has no idea what he's done. And I, I have to look and I think, do you really not know what you've done? And he'll say, only little bits. He can pick little, little bits will come back to him later. What you can put yeah. together. But there's masses of it missing. He doesn't, he doesn't know. There is because you're splitting. And you see, when you're splitting... You're in a high sense of danger. It's the it's the equivalent of if you're if an animal 
if an animal is being eaten alive, it will split. So it doesn't feel pain. So that literally is a scientific thing. That's what happens to animals. When an animal has been eaten alive, it literally splits. Which you've, is, got, you've, lost, you've left that area, haven't you? Oh, you've gone. Like That's why you don't feel pain. There's no pain or anything like that. You're splitting. So there's no... That's why you can punch walls and do shit that you wouldn't normally do because you don't feel anything when you come back. The reason then, you've got, then you've got to face what's happened and then you've got the other part then that you have to deal with that isn't or, you know, it, it then it, and that can then lead into, like I said, shame and guilt and have I really done that? Why did I do that? You know, and that's that's then having to come to terms with an acceptance of, OK, yeah, I've done that. And that's how you can move forward by, you know, you have to acknowledge that you're doing these things. Yeah, I mean, I, I had my head down for a minimum of three hours most weeks where Emma was telling me, and I bet you don't remember this. Oh, yeah. And three hours. And she'd be telling me all I did on the night before when I had a few pints. And I'd be in my head going, I can't remember any of this fucking hell. Like, yeah. what are you, and, and like, I, that's a fact. I could tell you today, I, do, I like, I would say otherwise today. At the end of the day, I'm, I'm over the far side. So be honest about it. Couldn't remember a thing. I used to fucking ring Emma on a Sunday morning and I'd pick the phone up and I'd go, shit, shit, shit. And I'd ring her. I'd go, well, how are you? Oh, I'm fine. How are you? I was like, oh, thank God. Majority of the time it was, get over here now. Get the fuck over. Get over here now. Jesus Christ, what's wrong with you? Get over here. And I'd be like, I'm not going over. I'm not going over as I'd be getting dressed. I'm not going over. You can fuck off if you think I'm going over to you today and I'm getting into the car. Because <laughs> I knew she was good for me. I'm not going over to you. And I'd arrive over 10 minutes later and then sit down. And I suppose you don't remember last night. No, I don't remember last night. And three hours three hours she'd be grueling me and I knew yeah there's um there's quite a vulnerability about that though don't you don't you think you see you no. can be quite vulnerable in the fact that if you're not fully aware of where you are and what you're doing you know you can be manipulated I've said that to my husband he's been in situations with different people that have manipulated him when he's been in a split situation says the same thing yeah, yeah. So he's been manipulated. He's vulnerable. Yeah. He doesn't. He's not fully understanding how other people are acting towards him and what they're trying to do. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's almost as if you've got another husband when, and you're like, how have you done that? Yeah, Emma said the exact same thing to me that you just said. Exact. Right. You're an idiot, Sean. You're a fucking idiot. You think everyone's nice. You just think everyone's nice, but they're not all nice. You'll be mad in each of I swear to God, she said that to me. She says it to me all the time. Um, yeah. yeah, so he has to now, he's really looked at his friendship groups hmm. and recognised that, that in the past there has been people that haven't been good yeah. and that he's mirrored their behaviour um, because sometimes, I don't know, I don't think he always feels like he fits in. So he's trying to fit in, but he doesn't feel like he fits in. Mm. So how to fit in is to mirror how the people are around you. And if the people aren't very good, you know, and they're manipulating you or they're just doing what they can to see a reaction out of you in whatever way, 
then that's not a healthy you know situation to be in and it's almost as if you've got um I'll say you not you personally but I'll say my husband could have an issue with boundaries not yeah. fully understanding what boundaries are and healthy yeah. boundaries, should I say yeah um yeah. does I've any asked. of that make sense Sean every bit of it yeah uh years ago <laughs> yeah I have to position myself in the chair because you're bringing back Oh, I'm sorry. I don't want to be bringing back. <laughs> I don't want to be triggering you. That's oh, you're not... not triggering. You're not triggering me. You're bringing back haunting memories, haunting memories. Ooh. Yeah, um, that's the truth. Um, yeah, I can only say, yeah, uh, I was a fucking like a nightmare, a nightmare because you blend. You see, you blend in with people because again, we can't regulate the emotions, so we kind of mirror everyone. Else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The problem was with us is. While other people are able to regulate their emotions and we get a little bit excited, we tend to fucking, I was often told, Jesus Christ, can you not see the line and stop? Yeah. Yeah, there is no line. You I don't be, see a line. There's no yeah. line. <laughs> I was just picking up of everyone else's excitement and I might have done mad things. And yeah, where everyone else... Yeah, yeah. 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 Other people can see that, can't they? And you're, yeah. well, what boundary? What do you mean? Yeah. There's no and, boundary yeah. here. And Emma has often said that to me, you are a fucking idiot. A fucking idiot. You don't know how to fucking stop. Just because they're having a laugh, you think you can, but you don't know when to stop. They do. Yeah. You just have to fucking bring it 10 times. See, there's the 10 times again. You have to bring it 10 <laughs> times worse. You know, idiot. Yeah. And then you look like an idiot. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've done quite a few stupid things in my day. They were funny to me. Yeah, but when you look back, you think, mm, yeah, maybe not such a good thing at the time. When I look back, I go, you're a fucking legend. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to say know. <laughs> When I look back, I got no. When I look back now, I don't give a shit. I got, you know what? You did it. Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah, because, you know, you learn. That's how you Yeah, how I mean... You but, you know, my husband doesn't learn after he's made a mistake for the first time. It takes him a few times to learn. I could be a couple of hundred, if I'm being honest. Um, yeah. 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 yeah it, it doesn't. Yeah. And because you're passionate, like like he is. He's very passionate and wants to give 100% to everything. But like you say, yeah. you having to learn now that you you can't always do that all the time because you're just getting overwhelmed and you're getting tired. And hmm. you, you need to keep yourself you know, really cared for, don't you? You have to. Like, you have to look after yourself. If you don't look after yourself with BPD, you're very close to meltdown after meltdown after meltdown. Like even... I'm Is that busy. an entire toddler, Sean? It doesn't take them a lot. I mean, you have oh. a toddler that's not feeling very well and they take them to the supermarket, they're tired and they want this and they want that and you're saying constantly, no, 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 no. You're not going to get out of that supermarket without one meltdown or four, are you, to be honest? No, and we're no different. We are like, I I always admit I'm like an adult toddler. Now, was I dancing today doing, I was dancing like this because my children are starting school next week and I was going, are you going in? Because I do say to the girls, are you chicky babies? You know, and they hate it. <laughs> I don't even know a fucking chicky babies, but it sounds funny to me. And I go, my two chicky babies going into school next week, and I was doing this, right? And and they were cringing, and I was there doing the dance, and Emma was laughing. 
that's the other side of it that I can't help either, where it is a bit of fun. And like I get, that is the illness in a That, that is the thing, you know, it's like, I can remember, can remember seeing my husband and thinking he's so different to everybody else. He's like bouncing everywhere. His energy is amazing. You yeah, know, I don't, yeah, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> so you've got this fantastic other side that is just amazing. And, and when he's 100%, it's like, wow, this person just blows your mind for enthusiasm and, and everything. Mm. And, and then that's kind of such a good thing. But unfortunately, that because of the un, yeah. um, instability, you haven't got that all, all the time. And it's always a payoff between that and then the mood yeah, dropping, yeah. And the mood lifting, the mood dropping, the mood lifting. And you haven't got like that halfway, which... I think you know a lot of people, like probably myself, have more of being in the middle. It's either up or down. There's not very much in the middle. And you see, that's what I'm saying. If you if you get them in a good, I don't know, but with me, I'm very analytical. I'm very much. I know I'm a nightmare, and I don't want to be a nightmare. And I'd imagine your husband is the same way. If you sit down and get it as a science project and go, look, what do you want me to do? Tell me what, like, I love my head being rubbed. I fucking love it, right? Emma's never rubbed my head, ever. And she never will. She hates rubbing your head. Thankfully, people with BPD are fucking manipulative. And I know I am. And the thing about it is, is I've three children. And they rub my head. So fucking winner, winner, chicken dinner. And I go, if I rub, you, if I rub your back, <laughs> if I rub your back, which they love, will you rub me head? <laughs> right? So I rubbed her back and they rubbed me head because I did say earlier on, I'm a very much tit for tat type of person. So I can get my fucking head rubbed. Um, so it is lovely. It's lovely to get the head rubbed. I love getting my head rubbed. And they love getting their back rubbed. So we have a little deal going on there. But the point I'm making is I'm getting nurtured and I'm nurturing them. And that's what I'm on about. If if you can sit down and go, listen, I really want to nurture you. You're a fucking legend when you're in your when you're in the good zone and you're a nightmare in the bad zone. Liz. So let's try and keep you out of the bad zone. What do you want me to do? Like a tub of ice cream, a flake, rub your head. What do you want me to do? Let them tell you. And then go, and look, I want something in return as well. When you're doing good, would you do this for me? you have to yeah. get it and yeah. I, I I think that would work we could give that a go yeah. you see me, well I'll put it this way to you when you're always on the back foot going fuck it it's going to be a row you're always ready for the row yeah now I have said to Emma will you rub my head she says I'll never rub your head get it out of there get it away like that's never happening she does other stuff but she's never rubbed my head right but in fairness to her she'll do other stuff for me that I said, right, will you do this for me? Will you do that? And she go, okay, I'll do that. So there is an agreement in place. But we literally had to sit down and go. Yeah. It's building up your communication, isn't it? And I think that's. Oh, completely. But, you know, I think a lot of people with BPD don't really have that skill set for good communication because that's something that they maybe not have grown up with. You know, in my husband's case, he didn't really have that in his family to sit and talk yeah. and these things. So he struggles with that. But I think that, yeah, we will um, we'll put everything into place. 
Mm. Well, we've, got, we've got nothing to lose, Sean, so we may as well go for it. If you're on the back foot, exactly, you're, you've nothing to lose. You can always sit down and go, fuck it, let's try this. You know, Emma said to me years ago, I'm not going to leave you. Ever. I would have left you long ago. Yeah, but... That's what I say. When, when my husband will say, why are you still with me? Why yeah. are you here? You're saying I'm doing all these things. Why are you here? And yeah. I'm like, because I want to be. I, you know, Emma, Emma put that one to bed for me. She sent me down. Well, she didn't sit me down, but she verbally sent me down. She goes, listen, I know this won't mean much to you because you're a man. I would not have children with you. That is a big deal for a woman. Mm -hmm. Right. I wouldn't have had children with you if I didn't think you were good enough. And if... I didn't think I'd stay with you. The last thing I want in the world is to have children with you, so then I'd leave you. I don't want to do that to children. So can we just put this to bed? I'm not going to leave you. I didn't believe her in the beginning, if I'm being honest, because there is that doubt. But over time, I went, yeah, she did have kids with you, and kids is a big deal, and you wouldn't do that to the children. Like, you wouldn't fucking... You know, because it is traumatic. Parents, oh. up. that's been proven. It is very traumatic. Um. So, yeah, I, I did learn over time. And then we did sit down. We sat down. What do you want? Well, I want this. Like, look, I'm able to do the podcast. You know, as I said earlier on, you know, um, she's going for a meal there. I'm not allowed into restaurants because I'm not vaccinated. So that's the law and I don't care. It's not a big deal. Um. So I said, look, like, will I be minding the children or will I do the podcast? You know, will you let me know within two hours? She didn't let me know, right, if I'm being honest. But that's the deal we have within the two hours. So I just said, look, I'm assuming the podcast is going ahead. And she goes, yeah, yeah, I totally forgot to text you back. But, you know, one way or the other, it was in the two-hour frame. But that's a deal we have. That's what I'm saying. Within, will you let me know within two hours? Because I have BPD, I want to know within a time zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My husband's like that. He's very black and white. So he needs to know where he is at all times. And sometimes it's very frustrating for him when it can't be black and white. Because not everything can, can it, sure? Things Uh, change, things alter. Things aren't how he always wants. And that's, uh, you know, the thing. He gets very frustrated and can't understand why it's not black or white and he'll say well can you tell me this or can you t-? and I'll say well I can't quite tell it you right now but I'm trying you have to accept sometimes that not everything is black and white I love black and white and I'll never uh, accept it. <laughs> no you don't <laughs> understand I, the know, I, I just no. like the no. terrible spent years trying to teach me color and no you don't get it I don't no, get you it don't, I, you don't have to get it either nobody no. says you have to it's no. just who you are you know, no, the black and, and white. We need, people, we need people that are black and white, Sean. We need people that are very decisive. Definitely need it. You know, it's not a bad thing to be black and white. No, I make a decision, it's made. In other words, no, the black and the compromise, I suppose, I'm trying to tell you with Emma is this is I said two hours, so not five minutes. Because I know Emma, Emma doesn't like to be pushed or, you know, forced or, well, let's do, because I'm the type of person going, so anyway, I have an idea and we're going to do it. And she, oh, whoa, 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 hold on there a second. 
no. I'm like, sure, it's in my head. I want to do it. Yeah, I'm going to do this, 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 this. I thought of this podcast room and within a couple of weeks, it was a podcast room. And it's too, that's too much. Emma's doing yoga. And I was like, do you want me to do this? Do you want me to get after you? Do you want me to do this? Do you... No, Sean, I don't want you to do anything. Go away from me. I'm doing yoga. Yeah, but I could get you this. I could do that. And it's all to help her. No, I build it slowly. Not all like you that we want a big fucking massive studio and you don't even know if it's going to take off. Because I don't care. Even if it doesn't take off, I enjoy building the studio. That's the way I am. I don't care. I enjoy the process. But today, with things then, I go, hey, I'm thinking of doing this. Will you let me know within two hours? So it's a two hours. That's my black and white. So it's yeah. long enough to make a decision, but I know she can be forgetful. Yeah. So in other words, if she forgets, that's on her. But you have two hours to make a call on it. That, that's, you see, this is the deal we've made. That's the compromise. Oh, compromise. It sounds better. That's the compromise we've made. Yeah. So you're going into the grey area there, Sean. That's, is that, is that the grey area? Yeah, 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 that's the compromise. But <laughs> we have quite a lot of compromises. Um, yeah, like, because you I, have to. You have to, don't you, Sean? You, you, even if you're black and white, you have to accept that other people aren't. No. And like, other people that aren't black and white, in a way, have to accept that you are. And it's the middle ground. It, it, it has to be worked. It has to be doubled, doesn't it, like you say? Has you to know? be. Yeah. It's has like... To be. It's like she knows if I say I'm not doing the house today and I say I'm doing it tomorrow, there won't be an excuse tomorrow. So no, words, she knows that you will be, you're on that and you will do it. Yeah. So in other words, she knows that if I say tomorrow, it will be tomorrow. That's the compromise. I'm going to use your words. <laughs> words yeah. if, if I don't do it today, I promise you I'll do it tomorrow. I don't veer away from that. If I yeah. say, you know, today I wasn't able uh, but tomorrow I'll do it and I will do it, you know. So there is, I suppose I, I, I probably do see the world in a bit of gray. Um, I do like compromises because I'm extremely controlling as a person and I'm so controlling as a person. I had to give Emma a lot of control because I want to control it all. So I actually had to sit down with her and go, I do want to control everything because that's the way I am. So she gets quite a lot of control in the house, and then I kind of stay away from it. You know, like yeah. kids going to school, picking out clothes yeah. for kids, stuff like that. Um, I think you do because you have to have some sort of a balance in the family anyway. I don't want full control. But even with the kids, like I would be mindful to go to them. You know, you can say to mommy or daddy that if you're not happy with something we're doing, you can say that to us. It's not always top down, I say. It's not always like me and mommy don't always make everything right. We, we're people as well. We make mistakes. If you're not happy with something, can you tell us? And I'm very much in favor of that, where, especially with my son, because he's very soft. He needs to use his words. So the point I'm making with all this is it's so important to sit down with people and go, look, we can do this. You just need to tell me what you want. Emma said that to me. Please, just tell me what you want. Mm. You tell me what you want, and I'll see if I can do it. I'm not saying I will. And I'd say, well, I, I want this, I want that, I want this, I want... If I... I want... Right. One of the things was, 
if I go up to bed, don't fucking call me on it. Because Emma doesn't do that. You know, she doesn't go up and lie in a bed. She's, she finds that the most alien thing on the planet. Why would you go up and lie in a bed unless you're going to sleep? Whereas it's not alien to me. I'm recharging my batteries. So that was one of my things. I said, I st- I don't call me on that. I feel bad that I, I feel bad when I'm going upstairs and you're kind of calling me on it going, why do you need to lie in a bed? I don't fucking know. I just know it's natural. And then I feel bad lying on the bed, which means I'm not getting charged up. So I'm not even getting the charge that I need to come back down and fucking participate again. So I says, don't call me on that. Don't be calling me out on that. You're making me feel bad. That was one of my things. That was one of these. You tell me what you want and I'll try my best. If I if Emma comes up now and I'm lying on the bed, I know she hates it. I can tell. She does hate it. She absolutely hates it because I can feel it off her. But she doesn't say anything. And that was the agreement. So she'll walk in. She can't help roll the eyes to the heaven, but I see it. And she turns around and she walks back out. Right? She can't help. It's even a micro expression. I do see it. I don't, I don't care that she hates it. That's not up to me to control her feelings. But it is that, look, don't call me out on it because that's what I do need. I need to recharge my battery. So it's little things like that where, you know, I didn't like that being said to me. You know, um, on a Sunday, depending on how tired I am, I might do lunch and dinner at the same time. Don't get too excited about it. Dinner, food does not go off within a couple of hours. It doesn't. Actually, potatoes are way better for you a couple of hours later than they are immediately being cooked. So let's not get excited about that. I said that once. If I'm, if I'm tired, because um, the thing about me is, right, going outside, I get really stressed. I really get stressed going outside. Being outside in nature stresses the fuck out of me. It's like the trees are wearing my energy away. I don't know why. I do. But obviously I have children and I have to bring them outside. But I'm wrecked when I come back. So if we're going off on a Sunday with the kids, I calculate that and go, oh, you're going to be fucking wrecked when you come back. And then you have to do a dinner because I do dinners on the Sunday. I cook all day Sunday and I clean up all day Sunday to give Emma a break if she's to get up throughout the week. So then I started cooking. I said, right, sure. Cook the dinner and the lunch now. Wash up everything. Plate it all up. Head off. By the time you crawl back in the fucking door, because you've no energy left, at least you can just plonk yourself on the couch and go, I've nothing left. Good planning. Very good. Yeah. yeah. Right. So when I was doing it in the beginning, I was like, can you not just cook the dinner when you get home? No. I've, I've not, but it's not fresh. No, you're not going to have any energy. No, I've not. So you've left. Put it back on. Yeah. 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 So that was another compromise. I went... No, I need to cook the dinner. Like, I don't always do it. But if we've something on and I have to go outside into that wilderness. No, no. I wonder I didn't get the call. All those trees looking at you, sure. Yeah. They're looking at yeah. you. Um, if I have to go outside, if I have to go outside, um, yeah, I'll cook the dinner and the lunch at the same time. Yeah. If I don't, I won't. Um, 
like during the winter legend when it's crying i love like i have another few i'm i love the winter i'm only i'm counting the days down until the dark evenings come in and the cold i can't handle heat or anything like that so yeah there's that was a compromise another compromise that she was saying i don't like you doing it it put me under pressure i was doing it but when i was finished making the dinner after coming in from outside i was like a bastard you know, I was fucking and then I was cooking shit food like I was going more for the carbs because I was tired so yeah. a, a dinner from me when I'm tired is chips and lots of carbs you know and and you know we don't really eat much processed food but it's basically like chips like I'll chop up potatoes and make chips and it's all carb 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 and a dinner from me when I'm not stressed is a lot of vegetables and you know pr- proper dinner so even, even that, as I explained it to her, I said, look at the state of the dinners I'm making when I'm tired compared mm-hmm. to when I'm not tired. Because mm-hmm. naturally enough, when you're tired, you're going to go for the carbs. So thankfully, we came to that agreement. But that's my point. If you sit down and go, look, how can we solve this? How can I make you happy? How can you make me happy? What am I doing that annoys you? Mm-hmm. And when you're calm, because I was able to say to Emma, well, your tone, your tone reaches up. Can you lower that tone a bit? I didn't even know. I'm lowering. And, she, and Emma wasn't aware of her tone reaching. But... No, I, I don't think you are. <laughs> we Not forget. until someone points it out to you. Oh, we, oh no. I, I noticed the slightest tone. Mm-hmm. And the slightest tone triggers me. Um, so another agreement we made was... I was, I was allowed acknowledge tones. She says, I don't know when my tone is going on. And she what she said, which I thought was priceless. Mm. Sean, I can't help it if I'm passionate. Yeah. Your, your tone is still rising when you're fucking passionate. I'm still kind of hearing a raised tone. So it's still triggering me thinking I'm going to get a beating. Mm. So I said, can we acknowledge that? Mm. So now, thankfully, I'm allowed to say your tone is rising. And thankfully, no, she, she lands yeah. the fucking airplane again. Um, yeah. She yeah. lands down. Because she couldn't. She couldn't tell if her tone was rising. No. But she was passionate. Um, <laughs> that's one way of looking at it. Um, she's getting excited. And you can't get excited with people like me because excitement means a beating. Mm. Yeah. Was anyone that got excited when I was a child when they raised their tone, it was followed by a beating. So if anyone raised their tone, I'm gonna get bet in my head. Yeah. I get triggered. Yeah. So that's another thing we came to a compromise with. I said, look, can I then acknowledge if you raise your tone? Yeah. If she if she raises her tone, I go, look, you're raising your tone. And she brings it down. Now, if she doesn't stop raising her tone. I'm allowed, I, I'm not allowed, I'm a fucking 43-year-old man. I walk away. Yeah. So that's another thing to acknowledge. Go, look, if it's a thing that I'm, if I'm overexcited and I can't lower my tone, will you walk away? Mm-hmm. So there's, like, and that's the conclusion to the whole row escalating. It's like, will you lower your tone? If it's lowered, we'll continue. If it's not, I walk away. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so, it makes sense. Yeah. We've 
do quite a lot um, of trying to work things out, isn't it? And work, Absolutely. and then keep things are evolving and keep working things out and mm. keep trying things if they don't work, trying things again. You know, yeah. um, I don't think we're doing anything massively bad. You know, thirty-two years, we're still there. That's, you we're know, into the long haul now. It's I, trying to make things better in what ways we can and. Now things are progressing more. You know, we didn't have words for what things were before. We, you know, we didn't know what what anything was. But now things are really moving forward. And, you know, I think that's a really good thing. I think so too. And you look, with the with the diet, if it's one ingredient, eat it. Um, literally. If the minute you start eating, look, and don't get me wrong, I have like chipper food. Um, or takeaways, the Americans call it once a month. I do, and I feel like shit, but I know I'm going to feel like shit. But I do have it once a month because I'm human, I don't want to be restricted constantly. Um, but one ingredient foods, if you're eating processed foods, I'll put it this way to you if Emma had BPD and Emma was staying up late at night. And then she was moody the next day. I'd say, I'm not talking to you. You stayed up late. That's on you. You know you should be going to bed. That's on you. I'm not talking to you. So if it was the other way around, I would be like, I'm not talking to you. You made a choice to stay up late. You know you can't handle staying up late. Emma does that to me. You stayed up late, Sean. I'm not talking to you. Go away. I'd be like, no, you fucking talk to me now. I'm not talking to you. Because you're rearing to go for a row. Because I know what you're like when you're tired. You're rearing for a fucking row. I know what you're like. You're looking for a row. No, I'm not fucking look, and I would be looking. For <laughs> you would be, but you're not admitting. Of course, that I would. I'm not fucking admitting it though, because then I won't get the row. I won't be <laughs> looking for. Her. But she fucking has me out. And none, of, none of that is manipulative at all, is it, Sean? <laughs> sure, of course we are. Like I'm not looking for a fucking row, hoping she'll bite. Come on. Go <laughs> to bed. I'm not talking to you, Sean. You stood up late at night. You stood up late. You made that choice. I'm not talking to you. Oh, yeah. oh, you're not talking. Oh, oh, because what? And I try and throw something in to catch her. You needn't think you're going to throw something in to catch me. Go to bed, Sean. I am. <laughs> no, go to bed. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go on. And then I throw something else in. <laughs> oh, Sean, I am not getting into this with you. You are tired. I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to get me to engage in a row. So you, because you'll win the row. You're like that. Oh. <laughs> You're going to till you win the row. Oh, of course I'd win the row because, of, of course, course. I mean, you I get charged. Going you did. <laughs> I get charged up more and more and more as it's going. And that's what I want. Oh. So she would not acknowledge it and go, no, you stood up late. That's on you. You made that choice. Even when I was eating sweets, like I don't eat them anymore. But when I was eating sweets. Um, now, I was pretty strong in the last couple of years, but like before, and she acknowledged, that's why I had to hide the sweets. I was hiding them because she'd noticed like I'd be eating six or seven packets of crisps. And, she, you know, of course, then I'd have a fucking meltdown. Mm. Stop eating so many sweets. You're not able for them. So then I hid them because mm. I didn't want to give up the sweets. So then yeah. I, was, I was eating a reasonable amount, what she could see, and the rest yeah. was... Hidden in the wardrobe. Uh, I was cleaning out my wardrobe only a couple of weeks ago. And uh, just because it was all messy and I wanted to fold everything back, <laughs> I found robbed Easter eggs that I robbed off the children. 
<laughs> I was looking at them going. I you were a desperate man and you needed a secret stash of chocolate. Yeah, yeah, I robbed two. I, I, these are still there. Two robbed Easter eggs. God knows what I ate on them. And uh, two packets of jellies. And I was laughing going because I still don't give a shit. I don't care. I never cared about robbing the sweets off the kids. They got too much. I was saving them. I was saving okay. them. Save it. You were helping the teeth and the health. I was reducing their sugar intake by increasing mine. But I would, I would have, because I would eat quite a lot of sweets, I'm a notice I'd have meltdowns afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I heard that. Now, I got stronger as I got on in life and I was able to eat sweets. But... It might not just be the sugar, Sean. I think it could be the E numbers. I think you could be sensitive to the colours as well. I know a lot of people can be, like my husband. If he gets like that a bit, I call it binging, he can eat a massive amount of chocolate. I'm not okay. even, I don't even think he tastes it. I think he just eats the whole big, massive bars. doesn't even taste it. And I'm like, how can you have eaten all that? And I've only like eaten yeah, two. Yeah. If I left any chocolate, say we had half a bar each and he'd eat his, and then I'd go for mine, mine would be gone. Be like, where's my chocolate gone? And he'd say, oh, you've not eaten it. You didn't want it. I'm like, but I was saving it. <laughs> you can't save it in our house because he just eats it all. Yeah, uh, you and Emma, you and, you and Emma are the same. Like Emma has this, Emma has this weird habit of eating. Was you eating Emma's chocolate as well, Sean? I, I, look, I'll be honest. I was until she banned me from. Like she said, like she, she, yeah, I was right. Until Emma she has, said that is yours and this is mine. Do not touch mine. Yeah. Emma, it was only because I'll tell you why. Emma has this weird habit, right? It's an extremely weird habit where she'd take a square off the chocolate, put back the chocolate, and put it back in the fridge, right? And she'd eat, she'd go down and have a square of chocolate. Of course, I'd open up my 200 gram bar of chocolate, eat it, and then I'd eat hers. And then she'd say to me, like that, where's my chocolate? So like, you weren't even eating it. Why, why, what's wrong with you? I was eating it. I eat a square. I might eat a square today. I might eat a square in two days' time. Where's my chocolate? Well, I ate it. Well, don't eat it. That's mine. So I'm telling you now, when you do the shopping, buy whatever, because I do the shopping. So buy my chocolate. That's my chocolate. Do not touch it. So I was raging. So what I did was I bought my chocolate and I bought her bar of chocolate, but I put that bar up into the hot press or up into the wardrobe. So then when I inhaled my bar of chocolate, I went upstairs and I went to myself, I'll fucking eat your chocolate now because this is what I'm going to eat. And I ate her chocolate, even though it wasn't hers. It was my, <laughs> her brand. And I fucking enjoyed it. Like the child that I am. And that chocolate, for some reason, tasted way nicer than the bar that I just inhaled. Because I wasn't allowed that bar of chocolate. And we always want what we're not allowed. So her bar was always intact. And I never ate it after that day. But I always bought her bar of chocolate just so I could eat her chocolate. <laughs> my yeah. husband once ate, um, my friend bought me a beautiful box of chocolates. Hmm. And I left, I just left them in the cupboard and I, I thought, you know, they're going to be there. And when I went to look, the whole top layer had been completely eaten. 
Yeah. I didn't even know they'd been opened. Yeah. Like and when I, when I went in, I'm like, where, where, who's opened it? And I said, you know, there's only myself now. Our children are grown up and they don't live here anymore. So like, what's happened to my chocolates? And he's, well, I've, I've eaten them. I'm like, but they were a present for me. Oh, <laughs> what yeah. do you mean? I actually made him go to the shop and replace them. Yeah, yeah. I, I like yeah, this one, you know, this is the thing with BPD as well. I think that um a lot of the behavior doesn't always have the consequences after. So you um I have to make sure the consequences. So if he goes and eats my chocolate, mm. he has to go and replace it, Sean. And he, and if he does something that upsets me now, he, he has to listen that that's upset me. There are consequences. There is. There is there has to be. There has to be. There has to be. Like when it comes to chocolate. I never felt an inch of guilt. I robbed. I don't think he does, to be fair. I'm not an inch. Like, no. I have no. definitely, my children would get, look, when I was a child growing up in the 80s, you got an Easter egg, and if you looked at a crooked, the chocolate would melt. It was that thin, right? The fucking Easter eggs they're getting nowadays, you need a sledgehammer to break them, which is quite <laughs> a lot of chocolate. I don't give a shit about robbing them Easter eggs off my children. Because we go out and we buy a shitload and I go out fucking Easter morning and I, I put them out in the garden and, you know, you're doing an Easter hunt and all this sort of shit. There's a fucking ton of chocolate there and I will devour 90% of that to save them. And not an inch of guilt do I have about eating the chocolate. At Christmas time, when you buy the box of celebrations that are full of chocolate, like eight, whatever, six, seven hundred grams of chocolate, they just say it to me. Listen, inhaler. <laughs> no. Keep away from those chocolates. You can buy a box for yourself and get yourself and do what you do. But we want two to three boxes for the family. So I have to buy three to four boxes. I'll open a box of celebrations and finish them. And she says it to me because I'm that's my as I said it to her there last year. You know, I came in with four because she asked for three. Why'd you buy four? That's my one. And I opened it up and I ate it. She goes, do you not even feel sick? No. But a little bit sick. No. And I never did. I have often, I've had a full box of celebrations with a packet of Pringles and a two litre Coke and I might throw in an ice cream all depending on the length of the film. <laughs> and, I, and I'd go to bed and I'd sleep soundly. And it wouldn't be a loss on me. The only thing See, that I that's the note to 100, though, isn't it? Hmm. That's the extreme you take in what? it to the extreme. Absolutely. Like, even Emma said to me, because I'm off the sweets, would you not just have one? No, because I go back to the way I was. I, yeah. Yeah. I, when I was calculating my sweets, I'm off sweets about 13 weeks now, and I figured it out. I know now how never to eat sweets again, which is great. Um, but when I was calculating just how much sweets I was eating on a daily basis, when I knew I was going to give them up, I have to do a process and see and calculate it all for myself. I was eating between two and a half and three and a half thousand calories a day of sweets. Yeah, that's a, that is extreme, isn't it? Yeah. And um, because I'm so hyper and so active as a person, mm -hmm. I wasn't putting on the full weight. Mm. Now, I've lost 31 pounds since I've given up sweets in three, wow. 13 weeks, um, yeah. which will tell you just how much sweets I haven't done any extra exercise. 
I've lost 31 pounds. Um, yeah, I was like, I was looking at it. I'll be honest with the sweets. I got my bloods done in March and I'm extremely healthy with my food. Mm. Sweets, not so much. But I was eating huge amounts of fiber. I was cheating. I was eating so much fiber. I was balancing off the sugars of the sweets. Mm. So I knew how to cheat. The only thing I couldn't cheat on was the weight. But I knew how to cheat it. I was putting in a load of fiber. So then when I was going to be binging later on that night, the fiber would be slowing down the sugar. So I had it down to a T, how to binge on sweets without going mental. And that's why I was able to cope with eating sweets. Because I wasn't able to cope. So you, you justified it to yourself. I was, Emma was giving out to me that I was having meltdowns from eating sweets. So I came up with a calculation of how to eat sweets. Without having the meltdowns. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that way I could have the sweets. Yes. Um, so I was, I was there going, right, because I was so much into food, I was going, right, so fiber slows down sugar. So then if I absolutely, I was eating over 100 grams of fiber a day. 28 grams is what humans need. I was eating a ton of fucking sweets. So I was there going, this is deadly. I have this down to a T. I was having no meltdowns because the, the fiber was slowing down the sugar rushes. But I was putting up the weight. But in March of this year, I got my bloods taken and it came back perfect again. Mm. And I just sat with myself because I was eating a lot of sweets. And I was going, look, why don't you do the Westlife? For those of you that live in America, Westlife were an Irish band and they were fairly high. And then they went off on a high. I says, why don't you do what Westlife did? Why don't you leave on a high when everything's going good? Just finish up. I was like, fuck it, I could do this because I'm 43 now. I'm definitely going to be a diabetic by 50 with the amount of sugar I'm eating. And if not, my pancreas is probably going to collapse. <laughs> right? <laughs> Your pancreas is going to fall out. And you're just going to go put it in a bucket, Sean, and carry it with you. It's just going to go look. <laughs> No, you do, yeah, you're done. Yeah. Only so you can keep pushing this. Yeah. So I just said to myself, why not go out in a high? Why don't you give up the sweets? And I went, fuck it, I'll try it. And I said, I always say to my brain, do you want to give up the sweets? No, I don't want to give up the sweets. And it's all, and that's why it's 10 years and 20 goes. I try it twice a year. My brain just will not allow it. It was like, no way. You've given up drinking. You've given up cigarettes. You're fucking fairly stable. You're not having meltdowns anymore. You figured all that out. I'm not giving up sweets. I went, yeah, but you could die. And like, what sort of bastard would do that to his children? So that was my counter argument. And I looked up this quote and the quote was, yeah, you die for your children. But would you live a healthy lifestyle for them? And I went, oh, that's good. I would die for my kids. Would I live a healthy lifestyle for them? Mm. Jesus, you're a very you're a very criticizing person. What are you going to do if you're dying early and your children say, you know, Dad, you could have given up the sweets, but you fucking chose the sweets over us. So, mm. yeah, that so was your incentive. This was the plan I had against my head. See, I know how to work my head because it's too strong for me, but I know how to fucking I know how to work it. So then I went right. That's good. That's good. The bloods are good. Everything's good. So then I got my son. And my son is extremely soft in nature. He's extremely soft nature. As a human being, he's a little gentleman. 
And I put a picture of my son that he needs me because he says to me, Dad, I need you. Can you come here? Mm. So I put this as a young man and I'm dying in my head and my son is crying saying, Dad, I need you. Why did you eat the sweets? And it was such an emotional because I knew I see we're able to manipulate, which means I'm using me against me. If you're fucking born with manipulation, use it. So I put this massive picture in my head where I was lying down, dying in a bed. And my son was bawling because obviously he would. And he goes, Dad, I needed you. I needed you. I'm not ready yet for the world because he is soft. And I said, don't be a bastard. Don't eat sweets when you could live a lot longer and help him grow and die when he's good and ready for you to die. Hopefully when he has kids and he doesn't fucking need me anymore. So that was the picture I put in my head and I haven't eaten a sweet since. Wow. It's a very powerful, very powerful picture. It's called manipulation and I used it against myself. And I, uh, it was the strongest... I'll never eat sweets again because that was the strongest emotional connection I could make to it. One, if you eat a sweet, you're a bastard. Because you've already seen the future. You've seen what it's going to do to you. You know your pancreas is not going to be able. And I know I can't. I can't eat one fucking little tiny sweet over a box of celebrations. I want the 67 or 68 sweets that are in there. Yeah, yeah. I want them. I get that. Yeah. uh, so yeah, I, I used um I used my own mind against my own mind to give up the sweets. And that's wow. what it yeah. That that is amazing, Sean. But mm. that just shows, you know, I think people with BPD are very gifted, and I think that's can be overlooked. I think people can just look at the difficulties that come with that. They're not looking at the gifts so much. No, no, um, like yeah, like really talented, gifted. Like you say, um, that is a, an amazing thing, a massive thing. I don't know if, if you know, I could do that. That's amazing. But, you know, for my husband, he's, he's similar. He's, he's said this year, that's it. I'm not drinking alcohol anymore because he knows, even if he only has one drink, then that could lead to maybe two. And, oh, I feel good having a couple of drinks. I'll have three. And then that can continue. And he knows that he doesn't make good decisions, you know, when he's going down that route. So oh. he said, no, I'd love to have, he love, you know, loves whiskey, loves to have a couple of pints. And he said, no, no more. And he's done what you've done, which is said, I'm not having one because I know if I have one, then I'll want more. I'm all or nothing. I'm yeah, all or nothing. He's the same. It's the black and the white, isn't it? It's all it's or nothing. White. Yeah, all or nothing. Yeah. And I know, like, thankfully now I know, like, you know, with the drink, instant, because I'd done my wrist in. That was instant. You couldn't drink again. You'd be, I put a pint into my hand. The amount of people that would worry about me would be on, and I wouldn't do that to them. I never wanted to hurt people, and no. I'm very firm with that, but I did hurt people. With the cigarettes, it was, uh, I, I gave up the cigarettes when I'd done my wrist in to counterbalance it. I, I choose that date, the 15th of February. To, to kind of go, look, do something good to try and balance the bad. And that was 2000. I don't give up the drink 2009, cigarettes 2010. And in 2011, on the 15th of February 2011, I said, I'll give up the sweets. Mm. And it's, t- it's taken a while, but you've never stopped trying, Sean, have you? You've, you know, I'm hearing you saying you've tried that 
and tried it and tried it until you actually found the thing that worked for you. And I think that's what it is. It's finding the thing that works for you. Yeah, for me. And for you, that's yeah. your thing. It works for you. And, you know, that's I've been watching your journey, you know, on on, um, on Facebook and you've been saying things and I'm like, yay, go, Sean, you can do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> And you know what crumbled me the last two times was my son. Mm-hmm. The last two times that crumbled me. It's not his fault. He's such a kind Kieran Gosson. A uh, boy Gosson in Ireland. Uh, he's such a kind Kieran Gosson that um, he come up. This is the truth. He come up behind me and go, Daddy, yeah, I love you. Would you like this bar of chocolate? Bless him. I'd be off the sweets a couple of fucking. <laughs> And you caved. You fucking can't say no to that. You're getting no. two bonuses here. You're getting the love and the chocolate. And the chocolate. Oh, no. It's a win-win situation. Yeah. <laughs> in, this, in this new regiment, in this new yeah. plan, I had yeah. to sit with my brain and go, listen, you fucking know now. If Charlie comes up to you with chocolate, what are you going to say? I'm off the sweets. No, you're not off the sweets. Because if you're off the sweets, that means you can fucking go back on them. What are you going to say? They don't eat sweets. That's exactly what you're going to say. Don't ever say you're off the sweets because off means you could go back on. You don't eat sweets. Isn't that true? Yes, I don't. Yeah, I don't eat sweets. Yeah, so that's really positive self-talk. So now even today, he came up to me today with a fucking cookie. (laughs) I wouldn't mind. I gave him the cookie because I'm minding him. Because after, you know, if you're finished your dinner, you can get a treat. And I gave him the cookie and he came back to me because he's because I gave him two. He says, Daddy, would you like one of my cookies? You can feel how much it kills me. And I said, son, thank you so much, but I don't eat sweets. But you've got one very kind son. Unnatural. And that's why I do an all. He's so very kind. You know, girls are as well. He's just really kind. He is. He's really kind. But yeah. um, yeah. Listen, I have to go as because I'd stay here chatting all night, but I literally have a podcast in 45 minutes and I don't want to be wired going into that one in case because I don't know what they're going to say. You see, I don't know what they're going to say. So if I'm all excited going into the podcast and it, the tone might be lower than this tone, I'm going to look like a bastard. Um, so I'm going to need to fucking go down and unwind. Yeah. Before you I do. We need to go and have a lie down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, listen, thanks very much. I'm still not going to mention your name. Thanks very much for coming on and keep in touch, you know. Definitely, definitely will. Okay, thank you, Sean. Take care. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Thank you, bye.